This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hello, you numpties. This is the villain, Marty Skell, and you're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. (laughs) You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you, as always, to episode number 94. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and uh, what a week we had this week. Yeah. Mr. Howell, we had uh, actually a very solid week across the board. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah, both Raw and SmackDown put on some pretty solid shows. Uh, NXT was a good, it was mostly building towards some stuff, but it was a, it was a solid watch. It was building Two, towards like everything. 205 Live was good. May Young <laughs> yeah. Classic finished up the first round and it was, it had a, it was, I thought it was really solid. It was a great way to finish out the first round. And uh, New Japan. Oh yeah. Another destruction. We, we got to talk New Japan. Oh yeah swerves things happened but uh, before we get into that we have to tell everybody if, if you're joining us or if you don't know or even, even if you do go check out our facebook discussion group yes. we have we have an awesome facebook discussion group where everyone joins up and discusses all things pro wrestling and sports entertainment uh we talk about we got we put up memes we joke about things we, we talk about the shows while they're going on live it's a great little community and everyone there is a lot of fun and i'm, I'm very i'm very proud of it i don't one know of my favorite things you. is oh absolutely very proud of it one of my favorite things is a lot of the legacy content that gets uh posted or some you know funny playbacks of stuff from the 80s and 90s <laughs> i love seeing all everybody post all of that fun stuff but also over on twitter at bwo podcast you can find us there and if you love what we do here on the show you can support us by heading over to patreon.com slash bwo Check out some of the great tiers like the $5 tier where you can ask listener questions and we'll answer them right here on the show every single week. Plus, you get a copy of the show notes. And at the $10 tier, you get what we just finished recording. Yes. One of our monthly bonus episodes. So in addition to the listener questions and the um, the, bo- the sorry the uh, show notes, you get an extra bonus episode exclusively just for you every single month. Yeah, we just we just recorded our episode for this month, and it's uh, it's a banger. Well, tell everybody, uh, give everybody the quick summary of what it's about. It, it, we did a show on the, uh, we looked at NXT. We took ten men and ten women, and we discussed what we thought their ceilings were on the main roster. You know, NXT is still a, a, a thought of as a feeder. Uh, promotion, it's it's developmental still. Yeah. As much as it feels like it's something on its own, it is developmental. It's where people go to kind of figure out their character. So we looked at uh, uh, ten men and ten women, and we thought, uh, where can they where can they go on the main roster? We really took a, a hard look at what we think their potential ceilings are, and what our expectations for how high they could potentially rise. 
in WWE, which I think some of our conclusions may surprise people. Yes. Given how we talk about certain people on this show, uh, definitely some some surprise takes, some hot takes, if you will. Yep. So if you want to get in on that and head listen to that one or the State of the Roman from uh, from last month, you yep. have access to all of those and any new bonus episodes that come out every month. Oh, we got some good uh, ideas for some future tier, ones. Too. We got some good ones coming for you, uh, guys. Also, we got to really got to get into uh, into this stuff here. But before yeah, we do, okay. uh, I know that we do have some people watching us right now live on yes. YouTube because we are live on YouTube every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So if you would like to see us stream live and join in the chat, we got a bunch of lovely people in our chat right now. Uh, join us. Join us uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific every Thursday on our YouTube live chat. Go to our YouTube channel to search for BWO or Busted Wide Open. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the little bell so you're notified when we do go live. And you can watch us and interact with us live on the show it's a lot of fun it's, it's not a rap song there is a rap song that comes up when you search for busted wide open but that's not us no we're, we're, we're the black and white bwo logo that's yes. the one you want to be looking for and we had like it's actually, actually a good rap song it, it's all right um <laughs> move it if rap's your thing moving on um like you said we had a cr- pretty crazy week um there's a lot of stuff to discuss but we've really got to kick things in by starting the show off with some big news So the big news this week is more injury stuff. And it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating because I think the reason that this is big news is because we're coming up on evolution. We're coming up on uh, the, the big women's pay-per-view and we can, we can do a whole episode on the legitimacy of that. And if they're just doing it to make everyone feel better about their Saudi show that they're having a week or two afterwards, <laughs> well, that, well, that's a whole different topic. Talk but, about a juxtaposition. Hello, oh boy. You can't be mad at us for not having any women in Saudi Arabia. We just had a whole women's show. Anyway, whole other whole other topic. The big news this week is the fact that we have three major injuries in the women's division coming up on Evolution. Now, granted, we still have a month to go to Evolution, so this they, this, this could work out. But we do know that Alexa Bliss is currently sidelined with some nerve damage. She had some numbness in uh, in one of her hands which is bad. That means there's some, some neck issues or some nerve issues going on. Thanks, uh, Naya, or thanks, Rhonda? Uh, thanks, just Alexa not knowing how to take a bump, I think. Eh, but uh, the, the, who knows? There could, be a, like, there could be a combination of those factors, really. There's really no way. It's all speculative where to assign any blame you might assign. Bottom line is, she's, she can't take bumps right now. She yeah. can't go in the ring and do stuff. So given that she doesn't have a championship... Uh, what does that mean for her? She's being promoted as fighting Trish Stratus. That's a huge potential match in yeah. evolution. And nerve damage is something that doesn't just clear up overnight. You can't just get cleared for that. Oh, no. So this could be a major uh, issue with one of their biggest matches at evolution is the fact that Alexa Bliss is currently sidelined and we're not really sure of her status. Yeah. But uh, uh, in addition, Sasha Banks, uh, is somehow sidelined, is injured somehow. And this is the, no, this is a weird one because we haven't really gotten a clear description of what's going on. We have no idea what injury Sasha's dealing with, if it even actually is an injury. Is she just on vacation and they're using that as cover? Well, she's so we know that she's on the sidelines right now for some reason. She's not she's not being booked to wrestle. Okay. We don't know if this is a legit injury, and if so, what it is. It has not been reported, and she hasn't said, and no one seems to know if it's a legit injury. 
We don't know if she has backstage heat for some reason, which it's been speculated on. Uh, she might have pissed off someone backstage because Sasha is known to be vocal and emotional and likes to speak her mind, which, you know, some would say is reaching for the brass ring and others would say is rocking the boat, which is the reason more people don't reach for the brass ring, the proverbial brass ring. But uh, it could be that she's got heat or and this is the pie in the sky speculation. She may be pregnant. And uh, yeah, that's uh, it's being, by who it's being by her husband. Oh, uh, I didn't know she was married. Yes. Okay. Uh, I forget if it's her Bailey who's married to the costume designer. I think it's Sasha anyway, but Sasha is married. Uh, but we, we don't know if she's uh, she's pregnant or not. We don't know. We don't know what's going on with Sasha. All we know is that she's on the sidelines. Yeah. So again, more stop start with her and Bailey with <laughs> right. It's not helping. The, <laughs> right. Not helping their their quote push any. But uh, a month out from evolution, that's a little worrisome. Uh, and because Sasha is a, she should be a major part of this women's revolution, evolution, whatever you want to call it. She's been there since, you know, the, the modern beginning of it. She was one of the four horsewomen of NXT. She's been in a lot of these historical matches. So she's a, she's a big role player. And if she's sidelined, that could be a big deal for evolution. Yeah. Finally, and we're going to talk about this mostly on the main show. Liv Morgan uh, officially now concussed is official. She has a concussion thanks to something that happened on uh, on the Monday Night Raw show. And you know what? I think instead of talking about Liv Morgan's injury here, but uh, suffice it to say, she is also questionable for evolution, which is kind of a big deal. But instead of talking about it here, let's go over and start talking about Monday Night Raw. Uh, so is is. We have a new authority, but is it the same as the old authority, or is it a new authority, or I don't understand what's going on because Triple H can't figure out if he wants to be a face a or face if he's or a heel. dick to the Undertaker. Or, ah! <laughs> yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of confusing kayfabe this week. Before, <laughs> before we get into Liv Morgan's injury, let's talk about the top of the card here. So we had the whole show open up with uh, the shield coming down to the ring and asserting their dominance. And then Braun and his boys, Dolph and and Drew McIntyre came out and posed the top of the ring. And there was some interesting stuff going on where they were saying, Hey Dean, you don't need these guys, you know, basically saying Dean, these guys are using you. Uh, You should come join us. And Dean not looking totally convincingly on the same page as the shield. So nice little tease here. I, I believe me. I was, I was leaning into this, this, uh, this had my attention. I, I, it was, it was really well done. I was leaning into this too. And actually the more we talk about how this went down on the show, the more I dug it. Um, but at the top of the show, we had the face off between the two, three person uh, teams and Baron Corbin had just been castigated by a returning Stephanie McMahon. That's a big word. In the parking lot. You get lot. five bonus points for that Thank one. you very much. Yeah. My, my lexicon is throbbing today. <laughs> oh, uh, hello. And uh, so, yeah, as, as you said, Triple H and Stephanie get out of their limo. Uh, Triple H just kind of bumbles off, and Stephanie proceeds to lay into Baron Corbin. So as a result, Baron comes out and breaks up the uh, the shield and I guess the dogs of war, for lack of a better word of calling it. It's easier to call them that. Uh, he breaks it up and says, no, 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 no. You guys don't cause any chaos right now. I'm going to handle this. I'm going to pick a couple of partners and have a match later in the night against the shield. And I'll quiet these guys down. Don't you worry a thing. About I got that. This. I got this. So you guys go away. So the, the rest of the show was what we were talking about. This nice dynamic where there seemed to be almost like a morality play. You had, uh, you had Ziggler come along one-on-one backstage and try to tempt Dean to the dark side. 
But then you also had Seth coming over and trying to tempt Drew to the light side, which, of course, made for a funny visual image when you have Seth standing next to his essentially his final form. Uh, when he's when his power level is over 9000, he turns into Drew McIntyre and even delivering the line. Look in the mirror. Take a long, hard look in the mirror as they stare longingly into each other's eyes. Right. I had to pause it and laugh for five minutes straight. That was brilliant. That was really good. Remember those little like sponge toys you had as a kid? You put them in water and they grew. Yeah. Well, basically, Drew just is the sponge toy that soaked up all the water. <laughs> he's Seth that soaked up all the water. Anyway, uh, so th- this was a nice ongoing thing, and it ended up in the match at the end of the show uh, where you had Dolph and Drew and, and Braun sitting awkwardly at the top of the ramp while we had this match with the Shield versus Baron and his two partners, AOP. Yes. Which Okay, so we've been saying for a while that AOP needs to get more shine. They were in the main event tonight. They came from squashing jobbers to the main event. Hashtag out of nowhere. On Monday Night Raw. Yep. Are we happy with how they were presented here? Yes. You are are happy with this? I am 100% okay with this uh, because there is nothing else going on in the tag division right now on Monday Night Raw. And if you're going to have legit tag teams do something, having them do something with the guys that are at the top of the card... Uh, yes, they are the tag champs. I'm doing going to do air quotes, uh, meaning McIntyre and Ziggler having, you know, the revival come out and face them and then AOP coming out and facing the shield. All of that is good stuff. They're not burying the ascension, you know, at the at the bottom of the card sure. off of Hulu. So that nobody gives a shit so about even though AOP did lose clean here. You're OK with it? Yes. OK. Yes. See, I, I actually was, too. I thought that we had a couple of instances instances on this show of some legitimate tag teams looking good in losses, looking strong and looking good in losses. And it was actually a really good way of booking them to look strong, even though they're putting over the main event talent. What I do want to talk about is the Oompa Loompa that came out uh, beside them, dressed in this exact same gear. You're you're referring, of course, to the GM, DM, the GM of 205 Live. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, boy, he just, I, it just, Oompa, oompa, doompa, dee, doo. You know, that's all I could hear in my head when he was coming out. I couldn't even hear their music. Their we gave up music. Paul Ellering for this? Yes. I mean, I, I, I'm being mean. I actually do like Drake Maverick with AOP. It's it's fine. <laughs> I don't think it's fully settled for me yet, but I'm not I'm not mad at it. It is a little weird, and it, it definitely feels like it done out of convenience. Like, isn't it funny, this little guy's with these two big guys? You know what I mean? It's just It seems like something that it was a, a visual joke that they were all chuckling at backstage more than really just making any sense. I, I used to draw like stick figure animations in the margins of my notebooks and it would always be just the lines and then a giant head. And that's what I thought of when I saw Drake Maverick come out beside them was just some kind of pencil drawn <laughs> stick, stick figure, figure with a giant head drawn on top of him. It does have a disturbingly large... Look at large... the size of that boy's head. That's right. Go. Ride. Run. Cry yourself to sleep on your huge pillar. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> a little bit like that. I feel you. Uh, okay, but let's let's take a step back. What we're okay. talking about earlier. All right, the 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 new look of this authority angle. So authority angles have been you know part and parcel of wrestling promotions for years and years and years. Right, it's always been the the man is is making me do X Y Z. Sure, they do it all all Holding the time. Hold me down. You know, sure, all that. The the reason why everyone's a little sensitive about it these days is because of the just that reign of terror for a while there where Triple H and Stephanie would come out and do these half an hour long promos at the top of Raw, you know, for, for years. And it was just, oh, God, again. Uh, so the dynamic now, I think, is 
as, as you said, on the one hand, it's weird because Triple H and Stephanie go from being heels to faces two to three times in this show, right? Sometimes they're a heel, sometimes they're face, and it's just hard to keep track of and what they are. Then sometimes they're just company people doing Connor's Cure stuff, you know? Uh, but I would say that's, that's their face stuff, oh, and sure. then Stephanie turns around and is, you know, trying to undermine the shield. It's like, well, what are, what, what are, am I supposed to cheer what even you? are you? <laughs> am I supposed to boo? Is it bad that you're helping these kids? Because you're really, uh, eh. it, it, it also drives home the fact that it seems like a very kind of cold, calculated marketing strategy to do the Connor's Cure thing when Stephanie's being presented as being a cold, calculated business woman for the rest of the time it kind of undermines the connor's cure thing a little bit so I, I, it's one of those things where they can say all they want that this, we're beyond heels and faces but at the same time you're telling us a story on this show and you're, you're not just stopping the story in the middle of the show and if you are you need to make more of a concerted effort to stop the story and say this is not in character or whatever it is yeah Beep, right? beep, 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 beep. You know what? Something that stood out to me. Speaking of Connor's cure thing, is um, this might sound a little bit prudish. Uh, when they said that they had raised over two million dollars, I kind of went, "That's it." Ouch! Yeah, I mean that's a that, lot of money. That's a lot of money, but I, it's WWE. They're worth tens of billions, and I'm sitting there going, "That's it." <laughs> you know, Jesus, I, Nick. I just I'm, I'm going. Come on, guys, you can do better. That's that's what I was thinking of. Like, great, you put yourself. Well, over what you've probably spent more than two million dollars marketing Connor's Cure. You can't contribute more money to it yourself. So you're saying they're going for the Susan G. Komen uh, strategy? (laughs) I'm not saying that at all. Anyway, all right. Well, (laughs) before we get ourselves, (laughs) before we get in trouble here. So no, so Baron is now the new authority figure. I'm liking this dynamic. It does. It doesn't feel too uh, rehashed. Is there's more levels to it? So I'm entertained by it. The other thing I was entertained by was, as we said, this tease of this Dean Ambrose heel turn. It's been speculated on since he came back that he might turn heel, and they turned the ship right into that. What I didn't see coming was the Drew McIntyre tease, where they go and tease Drew McIntyre turning face, which, of course, we've also speculated on, and they open up the possibility to a double turn, mm-hmm. both the guys switching sides. At the end of the show... Dean had the moment when they beat AOP and he's outside the ring and he's literally sitting between uh, the dogs of war and the ring with his shield brothers. Yeah, in bottom him. of the ramp. Yeah, yeah, right. And he's it's it's like he's torn between the two sides. It's very very blatant visual uh, uh, dynamic there. But of course he ends up choosing to go back in the ring and fist bump the shield boys and he's made his decision. I don't know if this is a is a, a double swerve. If he's going back in there to reestablish himself, then he's really going to turn on him later. Who who knows? Who cares? I like this. This is intriguing. But they never put a cap on the Drew story. Yeah, they left that open, and that's much more intriguing to me. Oh, I agree, and I think it's it, that that makes it let's it let's let it run long term. Let's let the air out of it, and let's let it ri- run its course. I, I I don't think that either one of them are going to flip anytime soon, but I could certainly see long term that happening. As I've been saying on the show for a few weeks now, Drew needs to get out from under Ziggler. And I think once he does, I I agree with you. I think that it's done him some good to a certain extent. But I do think Ziggler is starting to anchor him back a little bit. I don't think he would go anywhere as long as Braun and Roman are circling the universal title. But I do think there, you know, you had originally said that Dean and McIntyre were going to have a program. I still sit on the side of, I think Seth and, and Drew are going to have uh, a, an intercontinental program. That's going to be, you know, separate from their tag team titles once those are taken That's off. Quite of possible them. too, so. you know, but there's there's lots of dynamics they could work with here. It's it's why we've wanted them to have these factions for a while. Yep. Factions are fun. You can do a lot of different things with the faction. You can split them up and have different feuds. You can have them going and doing different things at the same time and still have each other's back and come out for different segments. 
it's a lot of fun to have factions. They're very facile, uh, facile, if you will. Sorry, uh, and dangerous with the lexicon again. I'm Good busting gracious. them out today. I've, I've, I've spent all last night reading the encyclopedia. No, here's the thing. For example, we also had a tag team championship match this evening on Raw. We had Ziggler and McIntyre defending their tag team belts in a whole other segment completely unrelated to all of this other stuff with the Shield and AOP and Corbin and all the rest of it. They had a tag match on the side with the Revival. For the titles. For the titles. That Revival finally gets their match for the titles. And you know what? It was the best damn match on the main roster this week. It's the best I've seen the Revival look since probably NXT. It's, it's every... Highlight that you will see of the revival going forward. Any package will come from this match. Pretty much. This is the best they've looked. They were given so much ability to look like a functioning tag team. They were working face, which was interesting. I don't think I've ever seen them work face, Um, but that mean that meant they had a lot of high spots for guys who always talk about. They don't do flips. They were jumping off the top a lot. They did some cross bodies. They did. uh, I think it was a a tornado DDT at one point. They looked great. There was a lot of really near finishes. The audience got into this the, the revival is really good at working at a pace that involves the crowd and they showed that off here and it's the best they looked and as we said earlier even in defeat they they put themselves over they got over they looked strong and it's it, the best i think even as good as aop looked in the main event and they did look good and they had some great shine moments mm. where you know guys standing toe-to-toe with roman reigns uh, Razor, I think. Razor just beating, just tearing down Roman Reigns in the corner and oh, yelling at him the whole great. time. And loved it. Yeah. I think the Revival did an even better job of getting put over in this match and getting over with the crowd that before didn't really know who they were or care about them. Now they care about them. Yeah. They but, did. A, but they it, still look tiny standing next to Drew McIntyre. <laughs> they do, but that's the thing. Is that's why I like the dynamic of this match. You had Dolph selling their offense like death, and that's what Dolph's great at is making guys look good by you know by selling his ass off. And then Drew got in there as the workhorse, as the wrecking crew, to try and save everything. But then you had these two little guys tagging up on him in su- at such a pace that he couldn't keep up. It all worked. It was booked beautifully. Yeah. So, yeah, just I loved this match. I love the dynamic and I love the finally they seem to get what made the revival special. And that is perfectly paced, perfectly timed, excellent, perfect execution, tag team wrestling. Yep. yep. You know what wasn't perfectly timed, perfectly executed? All right, are tag you ready for this? Is that, are, are we all ready for this? Because we, we were talking about Liv Morgan injury and it's time. It's time. We've got to discuss one of the most controversial moments of the week. I, I don't even know where to begin. Bree mode. I'll just start. We'll start with Bree um, mode. So we uh, we had a three. <laughs> this is maddening. Oh, uh, oh boy. And, and I know you as someone who just can't stand unsafe workers. This is going to this is going to be take some breaths while I'm while I'm setting the table, okay. if you will. While I'm setting the stage, you take some breaths and get ready. So we had a three on three women's tag match. We had the riot squad, all three members of the riot squad versus the Bella twins and Natalia. This was set up last week when the riot squad ambushed Ronda Rousey, who was away on a press tour, I guess this week. So her best friend, Natalia teamed up with her other buddies, the Bella twins to have this match match pretty much starts off with Nikki versus Liv Morgan. Uh, Nikki tags in Brie and pretty much right off the bat. Brie goes for her husband's signature move. The yes kicks. And she does the yes kicks in a slowly ascending the pace uh, rhythm, right? So, yeah, but, 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 but. And then suddenly she changes up the rhythm. And, of course, as Liv is selling this and moving her head back and forth, 
and going with the rhythm that Brie has established. And Brie breaks the rhythm and kicks her right in the face, knocking her out instantly so that she falls forward into another knee to the face and then collapses on the ring and is barely able to stumble with Brie's help to the corner to get tagged out. And then a few minutes later is able to stumble her ass back into the ring for a major three-on-three suplex spot where the entire riot squad takes a a three-person suplex from the Bellas and Natalia, and then Liv rolls out of the ring and is attended to by medical personnel for the rest of the match, which Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan work as a two-on-three and ultimately pull out the victory, making them look, by the way, like studs in a match where they're supposed to look like cheating heels. So that's the stage. Nick, would you please give us your opinions on uh, Bree's botches here by the way the part i didn't mention was the fact that brie did catch a receipt from ruby riot twice uh twice what is what it looked like so to us sarah, uh, sarah logan did a springboard over her head uh, of brie bella into the ropes like and, a slingshot and like a fall down slingshot and ruby was right there with a nice forearm shot to the head but i don't know if you noticed as well with that so logan says as she's as she's pulling brie up for the slingshot she goes forearm right meaning you're going to take a forearm Right, because yeah. the person, if you're getting slingshotted by me, you're not going on offense. You're going to be, you know, you're on defense still. Right. So both Bree and Ruby are coming in with the with their forearms, and Bree because Ruby's coming forward. Bree forearms Ruby in the face again, and that's when Ruby gets that that frustrated look in her face, gets into the ring and kicks the crap out of Bree right in the chest, gives her a nice stiff one. Yep. So we had two major botches from Bree in this match. I want to say this. Uh, yes, it was the Bellas. I full disclosure. I think the Riot Squad is coming around. I, I am. You guys know that I'm high on Ruby Riot. You know, I picked her earlier this year to win the Rumble, and she, she's one of my top picks for the, the next up. Her and Ember Moon to kind of run the women's division. I. This is hard to watch because it's being crammed down our throats, and it's because it's it's business. That's what we really have to just accept. The Bellas are back because they are one of the top brands. I have theories that the WWE has fingers in all of their their business pies. Oh, they're absolutely making money off of Total Bellas and all that Total no, Divas. Bella, Bella to Radici Wines. I'm all sure the WWE's that, funding a lot of that All of the stuff. stuff that the commentary was calling out yes. during this match. Oh, did yes. you know that the Bellas are involved in this? They're involved in this. They are, I mean, they're the Kardashians of WWE. They're the reality stars who really aren't good at anything but being reality stars. Yes. And, you know, they they can function for them. Uh, Nikki, I think, has has now, strangely enough, surpassed Brie in terms of ring work, where she can get in there and, for the most part, not botch and not look like crap, um, which is shocking because Brie used to be the one that could actually get in and make things look relatively good. Uh, and whether that's ring rust and her just being out for a while or her excuse, which was she put on 10 pounds giving birth. And so now she's not used to her new weight and throwing that around, which is why she botched the other week when she tried to do two suicide dies and botched both of them. Both of them almost like she could have really injured herself badly. Um, not to mention when she threw the through her like Brie trigger knees uh, at Zelina Vega almost. Broke no, you her did face. not just call them that. I, I called them that at the time. Brie tri- uh, the Brie, oh, the Brie trigger. What? Sorry, Kenny. What? <laughs> oh God! Look, bottom bottom line. Let me let me finish getting out what I what I wanted to it. say. Um, I understand that from a business perspective that they WWE has a lot invested in the Bellas, and what they are doing right now is ca- is counteracting 
anything good that you may have done by building them as a brand, as personalities, and as brand ambassadors to the WWE by putting them back in the ring. You you had a really good thing going there for a couple of years with them just going off and being brand ambassadors of sorts and doing all of these side businesses and just pulling the slot machine and making a ton of money for you. Now that you're putting them back in the ring, we're keen to it. We're, we under, we see what's going on and we hate it and we're going to stop buying but the here's, shit. You know? But we're not. Listen to the reaction they get when they come out. It's it's not for you and me, Nick. It, we're not the demographic that's going to get the that. free stuff, even, even though you do watch Total Divas and Total Bellas. Not for them, though. Okay, but you watch it. Doesn't yeah. matter who you're watching it for, sure. Nick. So there's... Here's here's the thing. They will still bring them back and put them in the ring to give them the impression of being wrestlers. It's also frustrating that they're giving them this aura of being trailblazers in the women's division. Because, you know, anyone who was watching and living through that time knows they're not. No. And if you want to bring them back into the ring, don't have them try to do things that are out of their wheelhouse. Bree should not be doing suicide dives. No. And as simple as you would think that the yes kicks are, maybe she shouldn't be doing those. Maybe one of the reasons why Nikki is actually looking semi-competent in the ring is because she's not trying to do anything that's too difficult. Let the people who are real wrestlers babysit them and keep your cash cows, you know, looking somewhat good. Well, that's what I thought when you bring bring them out with Natalia. You know, I somebody like Natalia, I trust, you know, doing things safely. It's when you when you turn them loose, but when you're, when someone's vulnerable, like Liv Morgan was in the situation yeah. and this was a situation or even Zelina Vega, right? The, yeah. like the three major botches recently with Brie in all of those situations, no one else is involved. No one else could have been there to save this. That was all on Brie every time. And for, for, you know, for you who's, who's called out Naya for being an unsafe worker, Bree has got, and if we look at the other people who have had major botches that have injured people in recent times in WWE and people that we've gotten, whatever frustrated with or mad with, look, injuries happen. And at the end of the day, you and I, we are not professional wrestlers. We don't get in the ring and we don't work that. So we are not able to ascertain what is a legitimate botch and something that can be forgiven and something that is unforgivable. All we can do is listen to people who are professional wrestlers and see what their opinions are. If they say, this is a legit botch, don't get mad at them. Okay, fine. I'll take your word for it. But when someone like, as much as he likes to just mouth off, Taz or uh, Bret Hart or some other people who have weighed in on this, say, look, it was definitely not, that was not a good look on Bree, but it happens. The real issue is that they continued the match and didn't stop the match when when Liv got knocked out. That's the bigger issue. That's something I look at more. I'm frustrated with the fact that Bree is still being put out there as a wrestler and still being allowed to be unsafe. Um, And I think that someone in the back is going to have to do something to keep her from being unsafe again. But the fact of the matter is the, the... the what happened in that ring is more a problem because of the protocols that took place after the injury occurred. Okay, you're you're a professional wrestler. You understand that you just messed up the timing and you just kick someone square in the face, which you can feel on your shin when you kick somebody in the head. Oh, and Bree, the bridge I mean, of the nose. Oh, as soon as she collapsed, Bree went down there and was like, "Oh shit, are you okay?" No, she kicked her again. Well, that, because it happened time. so quickly. That was that part. Uh, if you go back and watch, it happened so quickly. 
you know, she didn't have a time to you react. You know when you kick somebody in the face that hard mm. and to make them fall forward and then you kick her. Uh, I, I think you look at it again, like by the time Brie realized how bad it was, Liv was already down and then Brie ducked down and you could see her, you know, hiding behind her hair and talking. So, I, yeah, I think she knew pretty quickly that it was no bueno. The problem was is the ref did not stop the match. It should have been the, completely stopped. The famous Enzo botch where he got clotheslined by the, by the ring rope and he was KO'd on the outside of the ring. They stopped that match immediately. Uh, yeah. And then Michael Cole kept saying, she's been taken to the back to the locker room to, for, to be trained. And then Dunn messes up and cuts over to her laying on the side of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> you could do better than this. That's what really pisses me off. We, we just, God, we've gotten past that. All of this shit. That's what really winds me up. Is that just, we we can do better. We don't need this shit. Ah. Yeah. Well, it's I, I think it's it's a little bit uh, overreactive to to get that frustrated and angry about it. Like again, it's a physical sport. Things are going to happen. If you have someone who is just not ready to be at this level in there, it, it's got to be dealt with. And I think that there has to be like we've got to see some sort of reaction to this from the backstage, whether it's Brie not being allowed to do as many technical spots. Maybe she shouldn't be doing some of her husband's moves, who, by the way, is a very, very talented technical wrestler and can do those moves safely. And that's why he does them, because he's good. Maybe she shouldn't be allowed to do those moves unless she can do them safely. But if we don't see any repercussions from this, then it's time to get a little bit more frustrated. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, Okay. All right. Feeling a little better now? <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> Glad boy. we got that out of the way. Oh, boy. That was a, that was definitely a source of a lot of frustration in the wrestling world this week. Uh, but something that I thought worked really well this Raw, let's, let's go to something that worked really well. And that was the fact that this week, as much as they promoted just the absolute hell in video packages out of Triple H versus Undertaker last time ever, one-on-one, no, underline, underline, quotation, one-on-one. Right. Yeah, it, this has gone from last time ever to, well, there might be another time, but there might be some other things going on. Yeah. Uh, but I like the fact that when Triple H left the arena this week, so we had Triple H show up with Stephanie, we had them come out and do the Connors Cure segment and the presentation of the belts and all that, uh, and then he left. And as he was leaving, uh, he got caught and uh, by Charlie Caruso. Who Charlie, was, yeah. It was Charlie. Uh, caught him and said, you know, Triple H, I'm sorry to bother you, but uh, what do you think about the Undertaker's comments last week that you've sold your soul and that you're, you know, <laughs> that he he owns your ass, that kind of thing, basically. And Triple H said, "Well, I sold my soul a long time ago, so you know, just because I'm in a suit doesn't mean I can't still whip his ass." What I liked about it was his line: "Everyone can feel it in the air. The Undertaker's end is near." That was the best line of this build so far, in my opinion. That was the most cutting line so far because. It's the most true is that we've been expecting the Undertaker's retirement for a long time. Good five years now. He's been winding He's down. He's retired five for five to years every He's, year. Exactly. He's been winding down. Um, and every match, he seems to move slower and slower. I thought he was going to retire when he faced Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. I mean, it's, it's been coming for a long, long time. So that line really cut deep. And that was when I looked at it. I went, ooh, that's a really good aspect to this is where Triple H is now openly saying, Basically, the Undertaker is about to retire. Yeah, and this is my chance got, to fucking to you, put you, one over on you. Them. Guys, better watch this. So don't don't miss it because it's going to be the last time you see the Undertaker in a ring. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Maybe one on one. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. However, they work it out. So I'm not too terribly mad at it either way. Uh, we get Shawn Michaels next week. 
the tete-a-tete continues. Uh, the, we have the go-home show for Super Showdown next week. But next up, we had Elias and Kevin Owens uh, having a segment where Elias introduces and plays his little, does his little thing, introduces KO to the newly restarted Kevin Owens show. Yes. With always, a table and a microphone. Always nice to see the Kevin yes. Owens show showing up. Always nice to see Kevin Owens on TV in general, even though it's still, I, I don't understand the whole I quit angle. I don't understand what they were trying to do there, but okay, as long as we still have vicious, less goofy KO back, I'm fine. Yes. So this this was basically a way to set up that there's a Kevin Owens-Lashley feud coming, kind of. I guess Owens and Lashley are going at each other one-on-one next week. Uh, we've got Elias and Kevin Owens versus Lashley and Cena at Super Showdown, so this is kind of promoting that as well. Wait, where, where did Cena come from? Why just... Does it matter? No, because, shows because up, money. He shows up for the big shows now. Everyone's so mad at Brock Lesnar for being a part-timer, but Cena can still show up, and everyone's like, Cena, yay. Uh, just, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> twist the knife, twist the knife. So this, this whole segment was fun. I love the fact that Leo Rush came out, and they made fun of him. And Leo does a great job of taking it in stride. And, and he's I, uh, so more than Drake Maverick with AOP, Leo Rush and Lashley together makes more sense to me. Yeah. It just seems to work better because Leo does feel like a hype man. He does. And he's also so massively talented. Like Drake's fine, but Leo is legitimately so ridiculously talented in the ring that he can do these incredible athletic spots while he's running from the other guys after his mouth gets him in trouble. And it looks cool. Right. And you're excited about it. And it does. And Lashley needs that. He ne- if they're going to have face Lashley. Energy is what he needs. And, yeah. and Leo brings that. energy, charisma, yep. something happening. And Leo brings that. And this segment was a great example of that. With Leo coming out, hyping up the, the hometown crowd. Lashley's hometown of Denver, Colorado, hyping him up. And Lashley got one of the biggest pops he's had since he got back. It's working. Yes, it is working. And they were talking about like he's got an unfair advantage because he grew up in the high altitude of Denver. And, <laughs> and I'm just going, wow. Okay, really, sure. guys. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's something to be said for that, but whatever. Uh, you know, are, are we excited about this, or is this just kind of Enzo Big Cast 2.0 kind of Ooh. thing, or you know, uh, it is a little bit Enzo Big Cast, isn't it? With with Leo Rush and, and Bobby Lashley, yeah. little guy with a big mouth and a big guy who kick your butt, a little bit like that. They just don't have the the New Age Outlaws 2.0 promo entrance, yeah, right? Right. That's the only thing they're missing. Uh, my man. That's pretty much all they got right now. But uh, I, I'm so far, I'm liking where they're going with this. This could be a big resuscitation for Lashley, who has just been bungled since he got back to WWE, in my opinion. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, uh, I really do hope that this Leo angle helps him. Cause so far, so far, so good. I yeah, think. And as far as the match goes, I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, Lashley and Elias look good in the ring together. So it's, you know, they did. I, I still nothing terribly exciting True. in the match. It's just two big dudes beating the shit out of each other. But, I mean, it was that's fine. Fun. It was, it was a clean yeah. enough match. It was well worked. Elias is just a really solid worker, you know? So, uh, so other stuff that happened on Monday night. Yeah, this is all the stuff I didn't see. Or if you, you always watch Hulu, right? I always watch the Hulu edition. And if you do too, uh, you enjoy these updates because this is the first time I'm seeing them. So go go for it. Uh, so all right. So we so we still are having this feud between Ascension and Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, which Why? I think says more about what they think of Chad Gable and Bobby Roode right now than anything else. Uh, but this week, Connor ended up beating Chad Gable mostly clean. Chad Gable going out there saying, "What would Bobby Roode do?" 
that was his whole point of going out there to the ring and and like, this is how I'm going to act. Is I don't know if they're going towards a Bobby Roode heel turn here or not. I have a theory. You know what Remember I mean? I said that earlier. Okay, or, let's no, hear that it. was on our NXT spot. Okay, so here's my theory. Um, what we know and love of Bobby Roode was his long reign in NXT as Dick Heel champ in a suit. And those are my favorite kinds of heel champs is just Dick Heels, mouthy Dick Heel suits and in or champs in suits. Mm-hmm. And I think what has happened here is that face Bobby Roode project has failed miserably over the course of the last year. And I think what we're going to see now is kind of this phasing out. He's going to fizzle out for, and go away for three or four months and come back maybe at some point turning on somebody or coming out to challenge somebody in a suit or in some capacity that's not in a Ric Flair-esque robe singing Glorious. I think it's going to be something where they are going to turn him. I just don't know if it's going to be against Chad Gable or if it's going yeah, to be some other kind of interference. Yeah, not. Uh, some kind of interference is what I, I suspect. But I don't know. It, the sooner they get him in a dick heel suit set up, the, the better. I, I just I can't wait for it. I, you may have to wait a long time. I yeah. think at this point, you know, this feud is going on so far down the card. I don't know if anyone will care if anyone turns heel here. It's, this is going to be Mojo Raleigh turning on Zack Ryder 2.0. Yeah. So we'll, we'll move on. Uh, yeah. Moving on. We also <laughs> had uh, Nia Jax have a match against Alicia Fox. This really felt to me just as a promo that, hey, did you know that Nia just won the Game Changer People's Choice Award uh, for for being Nia Jax? And yeah. Great. Okay, cool. Uh, you had uh, Mickey James and Alicia Fox's corner, Ember Moon in Nia Jax's corner. Uh, dude, Ember had a pretty monster move off the apron onto uh, Mickey James. I got to say, she looked. She was the best thing about this match, which was essentially just Nia Jax squashing Alicia Fox for the most part. But uh, so you know, what that, else would it be? Right. So you know? you know, that's that's pretty much all it was. Uh, and then also we had a Finn Balor versus Jinder Mahal match, which I would say was just a promotion for the mixed match challenge because you had. Finn's partner in his corner, Sasha Banks, and you had uh, um, Jinder in his corner with Alicia Fox. So, and you sort of established the dynamics of both of those teams. Yeah. Excuse me, Bailey was in Finn's corner. Um, well, I did notice something on the regular show on Hulu was a lower third graphic where it said, I thought it said Mahalika. And it's, it's apparently Mahalisha. Mahalisha. Well, they left one of the eyes out. Uh, right before the eight, the end. So it said Mahalika. Mahalika. And I was, is, I was saying, is that Metallica somehow? Like what that is, would be so much cooler. Yeah. So I was going Mahalika, and then then I heard him say Mahalisha. Enter Genderman. <laughs> oh no. Yes. Master, oh. master of Shanties. Uh, so mixed match challenges is firing back up uh, next week. For whom the gong tolls? What? Okay. It's, uh, mixed match is firing back up next week. Uh, it's ongoing right now. It's oh, still, they just started. Yeah, okay. and this and this week, uh, Mahalisha had a match. So I think this was kind of a promotion for that. Hey, by the way, mixed match challenge, guys and girls wrestling at the same yeah, time. Don't forget, hey, yeah. Hey, Facebook watch. N- no plot here other than that. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about on Raw before we move on is the fact that during the Connors Cure segment, you had pretty much the entire locker room at the top of the of the ramp. And again, with the heel face dynamics, where you have the heels standing almost next to the faces that before you could barely keep separated. But now they're just standing there next to each other, just completely breaking kayfabe. They always do this, though. Why is Kevin Owens out there for this stuff? At least he had the common decency to have his hands in his pockets while everyone else respectfully had their hands in front of their stomachs and tried to look like they gave a crap. Like Kevin Owens was at least physically giving you the impression of being a, a, a heel. But it really bothers me. Like if you want to have all your faces out there, fine. 
but to have your entire roster out there just uh, they need I don't to, know. They, they flip, I'm nitpicking. They, they flip off the kayfabe on air light that is before they do that. Yeah, I think who 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 just said that in our in our. I did. Oh, you said that in yeah. our in our in it's our. It's like comment having section. they need the, you said they needed the kayfabe alert or something like that for the audience, and I said, well, it's kind of like a like an on air for a radio booth. Yeah, you know, they need to flip it off before that happens. Yeah, man, just something be like, <laughs> okay, now this is not the story, right? <laughs> Everyone's all the characters are going away for a second. I don't know. I I still don't know why, other than to kind of you know pat themselves on the back for everything that they do. They have this in the middle of their show, in the middle of their show, and have it feel like part of their show. It's it still feels not. It just doesn't fit. Yeah. Um, is it okay that none of the uh, Raw championships are being defended at Super Showdown? Ask someone from Melbourne. I mean, you know what I mean? Is, is, they're not, did, obviously did, not are paying they just enough. paying for names? They're paying for names, not for title. It's a glorified freaking house show. And I noticed that all of them are almost, almost all of the matches are tag matches to an extent. Pretty much. And it's so it's just showcases. Yeah. But you know, here's the thing. If you look at how New Japan runs their their international shows, it's kind of the same. They'll give you one or two big matches, but you're not going to have any major, major title changes for the most likely. Uh, it's just a showcase match. It's like, a, hey, here's all our guys. Aren't you happy that they're over here? That's pretty much it. Right. So well, guys, but uh, hey, that's hey man, that's yeah. that's what you pay for. That's what Melbourne's paying for. And if that they're okay with that, then there you uh, go. Maybe they didn't pay enough. Because I mean, apparently at Crown Jewel, there's going to be some titles. There's going to be some stuff titles going, on the line. going down. We'll see if yeah. some titles actually change hands. We'll get to that when we speculate on that show. Yes. And next week when we speculate on Super Showdown, we'll give our picks for that. But right now, we need to head over and talk about SmackDown Live. Samoa Joe can now add home invasion uh, to his repertoire or or his list of of dirty deeds against AJ Styles. He never actually invaded the house. Okay, so we had a segment so trespassing. This, I guess I'd say trespassing, on, on the threatening. Right? Yeah, there's definitely some uh, uh, arrestable offenses that he pulled off there. But uh, so. What we're talking, what Nick and I are referring to, if you didn't watch SmackDown this week, was AJ Styles came out to the ring to have a contract signing for his match with Samoa Joe at Super Showdown, which does have some SmackDown belts being being defended. Thank yes. goodness. Thank and goodness. it's no a DQ. It's no DQ, no count out. I don't know how that's a good solution when the last match ended in a ref mistake. <laughs> you know what I mean? In Hell in a Cell. Well, no, it wasn't, no, it it wasn't, wasn't in Hell in a Cell. It wasn't in a yeah, Cell, yeah. but you know, the ref didn't see AJ tapping out, but uh, but counted Samoa Joe's oh, that right. shoulders Sorry. down. Wrong match. And so our solution is to have a no DQ match. Okay, whatever. The logic aside, AJ came out to sign it, and so he said he couldn't wait for Samoa Joe to come out. Samoa Joe did not come out. He showed up up on the Titan Tron uh, on a selfie video on his phone, and he was outside of AJ Styles' house and proceeded to deliver... A very, very effectively disturbing, chilling, horrific promo about how that's right. I'm at your house, AJ, and you're not. Do you think Styles is really on his mailbox? <laughs> uh, you, I, like whose house who was cares? that? Whose house was that? It, fine, okay. So <laughs> was that on that the Universal was, lot or that something? Was what you had a problem with? No, no. It was like the first thing I noticed. Like, is his last name really Styles? Is that it is. His, that's his real name. Is it? I believe so. I don't think so. I think it is. Okay. But anyway, the okay. The bottom line is <laughs> this was a segment. The rest and of the stuff was straight up Samoa we've Joe. Seen that's this the thing before, that threw me off. We've seen this before be effective and not effective. And we've complained before about this, this feud between AJ and Joe being too much about Joe being obsessed with 
Styles' family and how that could end up being really weird and awkward and kind of damage Joe's character. We don't want him to slip into DDP stalker for the Undertaker mode because, dear God, that's one of the worst angles oh, no. in wrestling history. Yeah. Uh, and fight me. <laughs> it's one of the worst <laughs> ever. You ruined a guy as over as DDP on, on that angle. Um, Joe nailed it here. Again, I, I don't know if Joe can do anything wrong. He was terrifying. And the way that he just slowly got closer and closer to the door, how casual he was, he came across as a serial killer. He came across as a truly disturbed guy who you genuinely didn't know what he was going to do when he got into that house. And the way that it ended with him ringing the doorbell and going, ding dong, daddy's home, cut to black. That's the, that's, I mean, and that was it. That was the end of the show. That was the end of the whole that's show. That's how they closed. The, now, the one thing they could have done that would have been better, producer here, have him actually open the door, walk in, and have his back to the camera, and him just doing an "Oh, Wendy!" <laughs> fade to black, and we cut out right I don't, there. They didn't even oh, need that. Oh man, I loved that would have been so good. But, but I agree, it was fantastic. If they had him actually going into the house, then you cross into the home invasion. <laughs> I, like these days, I don't know if you could pull that off. Yeah, you know what I mean. Wendy's got a gun. Yeah, <laughs> thinking, thinking back to the Stone Cold coming in on cut uh, to black and you get gunshots and then the oh, no, TV cut, goes off. You cut to the static like like in the uh, like in the Stone Cold segment. Oh yeah, the yeah. Stone Cold Home Invasion segment. Yeah, yeah, the, the bars, feed, the, the color feed bars. cuts out. <laughs> oh my God, Pillman's yes. got a gun. Wendy's got a gun. Oh, yeah. oh that'd be hilarious. Wendy's got a gun. Sorry, never mind. Why would you? Uh, okay, all right. So I love I love this. I sh- again, Joe pulls gold out of crap oh yeah you know what i mean like this could have been really bad for this feud it ended up being great it's makes joe look genuinely disturbed uh i like the fact that he had a rationale for it where he said this is about consequences you stole a match from me so i'm gonna go to your house and mess with you this is the consequences and aj genuinely looked terrified which you know it's hard to get aj to act natural but he genuinely for the most part he's got some very stilted lines but it was great. This was good. This was shockingly good. Yeah. Uh, we opened. Well, that's how we closed the show. We opened the show with what appeared to be the set of Ms. TV, except Ms. was nowhere to be found, only to be replaced by R Truth and Carmella for a segment of Truth TV. <laughs> I loved it. I-, I thought it was fantastic. I didn't see it coming at all. And it was the way that Truth. You know, I love me some R Truth, fellow Charlotte boy as well. You know, just like Cedric, and I, <laughs> I love the way that Truth has a unique way of interacting with the audience. You don't see a lot of wrestlers play to the audience as well as he does. What was ironic is one of the reasons why he kept turning over his shoulder and playing to the audience behind him is because if you saw some of the sh- the the shots of people who were at, who were there, that entire hard cam side was tarped off. A third of that house was empty, so they he couldn't play to the crowd in front of them and get the crowd behind him riled oh, up no. because there was no crowd in front of him. It's what so this so raw this week. By the way, this is a little aside. Raw this week had the lowest ratings of the modern era for a raw, the lowest, the new record for the lowest ratings for a raw in the modern era. Uh, granted, they were going up against a lot Monday Night Football, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it is football season brutal. again. SmackDown was actually up. Um, not year over year, it's still down year over year, but it's it was up in the ratings and it was doing better at, against Raw this week. So, but then the live attendance is still brutal. Back stop, to what? Stop charging two hundred dollars for a ticket and giving us giving us this show. 
uh, giving us a, a half an hour Connor's Cure segment in the middle of our wrestling. Right, right. Frankly, and that's it's hard to say. I mean, I'm all for like, please give to children's charities by all means, but St. Baldrick's. Uh, at any rate, all right, Truth TV. This was a lot of fun. First of all, Truth and Carmella. Carmella now apparently a face. Also now with what maroon hair? What would it even be? Burgundy. Burgun- burgundy. Yeah. Uh, yes, a nice burgundy. <laughs> Uh, so Merlot. she, <laughs> I thought it was more of a Cabernet, uh, right. perhaps a late 2017 Pinot Noir. Uh, so Carmela's got new hair. She's playing face. She's now, because she's also in the mix max challenge with our truth. Um, they, they're now, uh, a pairing and I like it. Our uh, truth is still over as hell. We're continuing the wine analogies with pairings. Holy. By the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, I, I've seen you're bringing the cheese. Yes. Yes. All right, so they made a great pairing. This was a really funny segment. Um, they even had a seven-second dance-off, as you do in the middle of Truth TV. They brought out Daniel Bryan to talk about how he's feeling and how the Miz is, you know, him and the Miz are going on. Long story short, the segment uh, was made to bring out the Miz, and then Miz and Daniel Bryan had a little back and forth where our truth got involved as well, and it was just a way to redefine the Daniel Bryan and the Miz feud. Now that the wives are no longer part of it, we have to get back to the basics. Here's the thing. So we've now the what they're establishing now is that the Miz is crafty. He'll do anything to win. That's why he's successful. Daniel Bryan is honorable and he wants the the big title, but he doesn't really have the killer instinct anymore. And so he's not willing to break his own moral code. And that's where that's the angle that we're building now is Miz will do anything to win. Daniel Bryan won't. Can Daniel Bryan still win without cheating? That's what this whole segment was about. Uh, It ends up being um our truth coming to daniel bryan's defense and saying that's right miz i stole your show if you want it back you gotta fight me right now and our truth and the miz end up having a match but what the segment did is redefine the daniel bryan miz feud now has this feud lost too much steam yes you think so i think so and it's going to take a little bit to, i don't think it'll take a lot to kick it back into gear but i've i've kind of i've i've cooled off since the pre-summer slam build that they did um, for it, I, I, it was just you know, yeah, and and Truth even said some of it here when Daniel Bryan came out. He's like, "Look, you guys have been at it for eight years, and you had these 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 great rival all this stuff." And he tried to amp it back up, but I, I found myself just going, eh, I, "Unless it's just them, I don't care." Yeah, I want to get a, get them in the ring. I don't I don't give a shit about any of this auxiliary crap. But now we've seen him in the ring. They've had the physicality. So what more is there? And I, I almost but think I don't they feel need like to, we've dialed it up to eleven. It yet. hasn't. No, it it hasn't. At least AJ and Joe has been ramped up to white hot yeah. at this point. Like they genuinely have some beef. I, I I feel like the Daniel Bryan Miz feud is more like in our heads. Like it's it's more of a cerebral feud and doesn't really connect it with with your with viscerally. It's not viscerally connecting to people right now. Uh, at least not to me. So they need to find that again. They need to find that visceral aspect of this feud that we're not seeing right now. And that's how that's the only thing they can do to really build this back up. Because right now, I think this feud lost its way with the inclusion of the wives. Unfortunately, yeah, that you nailed it right there. That's exactly where this whole thing went wrong. Trying to promote the MMC mm-hmm. and involving the wives and bringing the Bellas back. And it just it threw a big old, you know, ice bucket challenge. It threw a big old bucket of water on something that was that was really hot. Yep. We'll and see where it goes. Done. Speaking of wives getting involved, we need to talk about what the hell happened in Milwaukee. And by that, I mean, it's Aiden Day 
uh, over here on SmackDown Live. So Rusev Day, as we saw last week, has broken up. Aiden finally turned on Rusev, beat him down the middle of the ring. Uh, his frustrations came out. This week, Rusev and Lana trying to get to the bottom of what's going on in Aiden's mind. They go to the ring, call out Aiden. Out comes Aiden to explain what is going on. And Aiden basically says, Rusev, you and I were a good thing. I made you the hottest commodity in WWE, and together we were unstoppable. Then Lana came along, and it all went to crap. Water in the cracks. And if you want to side with Lana over me, then why don't you ask Lana, your honest, totally honest wife, why don't you ask her what happened in Milwaukee? Drops the mic and leaves. The whole crowd was chanting Milwaukee for the rest of the show. Yep. This was... Okay, let me... Before I... (laughs) I almost got hyperbolic on it there. Right. It's a little bit Vince Russo. It's a little bit tawdry. It's a little bit, you know, exploitationistic. But at the same time, so far, so far, it's walking that line where it's intriguing without being too tawdry. Yeah. Or vulgar. Or or, vulgar. Exactly. Great way of putting it. It's not vulgar. The way that Aiden delivered that line is like, well, I'm sure she told you what happened that one night in Milwaukee. He almost seemed sad and resigned. It wasn't this mean-spirited, like, leering thing. It was like a genuine sadness and concern, and there was there was more to it. There's more layers to it. Like, we, we, our minds make it go straight towards, oh, she cheated on Rusev in Milwaukee one night when it's going to be something like she skipped out on a check or something. You know? <laughs> it, it's, it's, they're building it to be this thing that probably never even happened, but it makes for, God, it's good TV. It, just, it is. It, it, that's, that's the drama. Well, it's, you know, everyone always says wrestling is, you know, a soap opera with sweaty, naked, half naked guys. Right. Yeah. Well, this is this is soap opera stuff. This is classic wrestling soap opera. That being said, it could very easily become the dark side of that. And sure. hopefully they don't hopefully it doesn't go to that. I like the fact that for the rest of the show, instead of getting tawdry and weird about it, Rusev just kind of seemed like he was. He was contemplating it. He wasn't really sure. He wasn't. He didn't want to believe Aiden, but at the same time, like he was just kind of, I don't really know what to think. And Lana was just freaking out, going, "I literally don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I don't. I can't believe you're <laughs> believing him. I have no idea what he's talking about with this Milwaukee. I don't even thing. remember when we were in Milwaukee. By the way, I did check the uh, the hotel room scene where Lana seduced uh, Enzo. Yep. And I thought that might be it. That took place in Austin. Oh, okay. In December 2016. So I thought that but might Rusev be But Rusev was there, though. It was yeah, a whole ruse where Rusev came out and beat his ass. Yeah. But that's, that's the only thing I could think of. Ruse, but, Rusev? Anyway. Anyway, stop. Nobody. But uh, at, at, at any rate, at any rate, this, I'm liking where they're going with this. Yeah. And they're performing it well. Uh, keep on this tack. Again, like you said, I hope it's, it's fine if it's just Aiden making something up. And we find out later he's just making something up to try to drive a wedge between them, and that's his evil plan. Um, because here's the thing. We know that Aiden's not going to be a physical match for Rusev, so if he can outsmart him, now we have an interesting feud. Well, before they all walk off, Becky Lynch out of nowhere just walks up and goes, hey, uh, what are you guys talking about? Or I don't remember what she actually <laughs> said. Kind so of, just casually. What, what did happen in Milwaukee? Yeah. And they're both kind of like, oh. Solana just you know snaps back. It's none of your business. Whatever. So ultimately ends up in a match. As the main event of SmackDown Live, Lana gets in the main event with the women's SmackDown champion, Becky Lynch. <laughs> okay. Well, just Becky says, it's my division now, and I don't like you, so I'm going to beat your ass. All right. 
and, and she every, did. and everyone chanting <laughs> Becky Becky like they're they're okay we'll get into more Becky in okay, a second okay. but but yeah they're they're doing a really interesting thing with Becky right now we'll get back to her and, and and the Lana match in a second let's real quick before we do that talk about the U.S. title well, it wasn't a U.S. title match it was the U.S. champion having a match against Ty Dillinger Nakamura versus Ty Dillinger uh Typical Ty Dillinger match these days. He gets a little bit of offense and some babyface shine. And then right before he, he goes on the offense and has a chance of winning, the heel another heel comes along and beats the crap out of him. Randy Orton shows up out of nowhere, beats the other, other crap out of Ty Dillinger. And where did Shinsuke go? Uh, he came back around at the end and gave him a, a, a after Randy beat him up. I understand and Ty that. was and Ty was well, Shinsuke. Shinsuke well, let it him happened with Jeff Hardy too. So Jeff Hardy was having matches with Shinsuke, and then Randy Orton would just show up and beat the shit out of Jeff Hardy, and Shinsuke would just disappear. Well, this is the thing I wanted. And he to, did it again. This, this week. is what I wanted to talk about. Was you know Shinsuke at the end did give a Kinshasa to Ty against the uh, the what is it? What would you call the it? Like the, the LCD, sideboard, the LCD, LCD board, whatever. yeah, the LED board at the, on the side, which did look really brutal. It looked great. They killed Ty. He's dead. My God. Um, but but this is the thing. So Randy keeps showing up. To interview with Shinsuke matches. At some point, are they going to reveal to us that there is some communication going on here between Randy and Shinsuke? Because otherwise, it makes Shinsuke a prop for Randy's feuds. Right? It's just and and you know indirectly the U.S. Championship as well. It makes it an afterthought. Yeah. And the more interesting aspect is Randy. Yeah. And that's not cool. Like if every week when Shinsuke has a match, is Randy going to show up? It's not about is Shinsuke going to retain the United States Championship. It's is Randy Orton going to show up out of nowhere? Which is fine if you define what the relationship is and say that you know Randy doesn't really give a crap if anyone about Shinsuke, but he I does mean, like messing with anyone who's going like anyone who's on that level. I'm just going to mess with him. I don't know what I, I'd like to actually see that belt get legitimately defended on TV every now and then. You know, because it is one of the more popular ones that does get defended on TV, arguably the most often. We haven't seen it since Shinsuke's had it. And there's no way that that Shinsuke and Randy are going to fight necessarily because they're both just scumbag heels. Yeah. So that would be a really, they, I don't know if they could pull off that dynamic. Um, Will in our comments just, just talked about that. You'd think that Shinsuke would eventually get mad at Randy, except that I wouldn't think he'd get mad at him because Randy keeps keeping people from beating Shinsuke. Yeah, he gets to keep his belt. Yeah. Every time, every like, time Randy interferes. He, he's cool, a, I'm still yeah. champ. Yeah, <laughs> Randy's right. helping me. I'm, you're not going to get mad at that, but you think I'm going to go cash my check and go home. Yeah, know? at some point, Randy <laughs> would actually go for Shinsuke because he's the one with the belt, right? I mean, not I this guess, version of Randy. I don't know. They Randy need to just define wants it. to hurt people. They need to define it. Why, why Randy doesn't care about the belt, why Shinsuke keeps getting helped by Randy, etc. Yeah. Need to define that. Yeah. All right, a couple other quick things before we get out of here on SmackDown. Uh, Sheamus, we had another, we had some more singles matches between the bar and uh, the New Day. Uh, this feud seems to be defined as New Day's not taking the bar seriously. They're goofing off. And so in these singles matches, the bar keeps beating the New Day, and they did it again this week. Sheamus beat Big E completely clean, one, two, three in the center of the ring. So two weeks in a row, the bar wins singles matches. Which to me just says that, well, New Day will get serious by Super Showdown and they'll retain their titles. Right. That's all I see. This was actually a really fun match. And it was two big hosses beating the shit out of each other. And you guys know I love that. It it, it was fine. It was serviceable. But I agree with you. It's it's kind of an indicator. And the bar ain't getting them yet, if at all. So I would uh, like to see them get it at some point, but I I don't see it here. I, I don't see it happening at all, frankly. Uh, next up, we had the thing we were talking about earlier with Naomi and Asuka facing off against Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Yeah. I, uh, I, I got to say, I got a little bit of good chili bumps when I saw Sonya Deville and Asuka square off. 
I I think there's something there. There should be, but I don't think they're pushing uh, Sonya Deville hard enough. They they don't have enough. They're not letting her be the badass that she should be portrayed as. Yeah, and I think that she, they could have a lot of fun if they really like let the leash off of her. Yeah, and especially with someone like an Oscar. Sure. Uh, I just I got that vibe as much as I don't want them right as much as I don't want them to weaken Oscar. I think it'd be fun to let those two just strike on each other and have because we've seen them face off before and it was electric last time too as I recall. So I would absolutely love to see that become more of a thing. But we we may I mean I don't know this is the last time these two are I mean they they seem to be heading more Naomi and Oscar seem to be heading more towards the iconics. As a feud. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be really mad if Asuka comes out with a glowing mask, though. That's all I want to say. You know, I mean, we had the glowing championship belt at yeah, the one point. I know. I know. A glowing mask might if, be if, cool, or, depending or, on or, how it's. No. Oh, God. Okay. We're not. <laughs> we, can't, we don't have time to get into that argument. Uh, that right, fight buddy. over something that stupid. All right. So finally, let's talk about that <laughs> Becky Lana match. Yes. Uh, which which I don't really. The match. Fine. Okay. It was Becky crushing Lana. Lana does look like she's getting better. Yes. I think it's smart to portray her as the baby face underdog who's still learning how to wrestle it's smart you're not doing the eva marie thing where you know they she got so much hatred where they tried to present her as a real wrestler that they had to become meta and be like she's so great even though we know she's totally not right with lana they're coming at it from a different point of view we well, know they she, did try to do that with Lana, and then they backed out on it. No, that's and what now I'm saying. They put they, her back with Rusev they, Day, and it's working. Well, and how they're portraying her now is working, where they're saying, we know she's not that good, but you should like her because she's trying really hard. Yeah. Right? Sure. That works. That does work, especially when you have Becky, who is now, they're still just going full into this heel thing. They're not even giving us a tweener. They are portraying her as a heel, and they're saying, cool, if you want to cheer a heel, cheer a heel, but she's a goddamn heel. She's going to attack Charlotte from the back as Charlotte's doing a photo shoot in, uh, in, the, in the back of the arena. She's going to attack her and stand over her and gloat. She's going to you know, talk crap to, to poor little Lana in the back and then beat her down in the ring. Becky is a full-on heel. There is no tweener here. All she needs to do is give her double fingers and throw pour beers on her and, you know, Becky but that's but that's too cool. That's the problem. I is, know we're we're one step away from from that, and it's not going to go over me, the way you think it's going to go. Is that just WWE being bullheaded? You have the possibility of having a huge star by letting her just be a badass tweener, but instead they're going no no no. We want her as a heel. Screw you guys. She's going to be a dyed in the wool, cut and dry heel. Yep. We don't care what you do. Yep. It's just it's more of that typical we're not going to get we're not going to turn the ship with the audience reaction. We're just going to go with what we think is going to work. Now, th- this ain't going to go the way you think it's going to go WWE. It's not at all. By the way, those Becky 316 shirts are kind of flying off the shelf. I think people have caught on and uh, are starting to buy them. If you guys want one, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com <laughs> slash store. Uh, get not, them before they ruin too, Becky Lynch. Right, well, yeah. Get, get yours now, because when they ruin her, I'm taking it down. So limited time run uh, for those. I think but you should just add, add two middle fingers to them. Yeah, and a couple of beer cra- cracking up at the top. <laughs> double double down on it, man. They're yeah. doubling down on oh, the yeah. heel thing. Why I'll not? Make a couple of different variations for it. Yeah, toss uh, Butters in the chat just said, toss Becky beers in the middle of the ring. Yeah, as long as you, as long as you toss her Killians yeah. oh. or Guinnesses. Well, what? guys, that's it for the main roster, Raw and SmackDown, but we still got a lot to go. Oh, my God. Oh, man, New Japan. NXT was really good this week, too, but we got to start off heading over to the wide world of wrestling. 
So starting off with NXT at the top of the show, William Regal comes out to tell us all where he's at with the Aleister Black investigation. Who beat up Aleister Black and left him a lion? Lion. What, the, what was he that? He didn't even get it out. It's the Undisputed Era music. Sorry. Oh, was that what that was? That was, that was oh, my rendition okay. of it. Yes, you're, you're welcome. You, ever, you guys were all graced with that. Thank you. ever do that again. Um, uh, so Undisputed Era comes out to interrupt him. Yes. Gets in his face and says, why hasn't Adam Cole had his rematch with Ricochet for the North American Championship? Why are the War Raiders hassling us, man? And William Regal <laughs> says, cool, you're going to hassle me. I'm going to mess with you. Okay, Adam, you want your rematch? You got it. A three-way, by the way, let me pause for effect here because as my skin tingles and my goosebumps rise, <sighs> Adam Cole in a three-way match between <sighs> Ricochet and Pete Dunne, triple threat for the North American Championship. I'm calling it now. It may be, it may end up being the greatest match in NXT TV history. <sighs> In two weeks, we're getting Whew. that. In two weeks, I, I I can't even I can't even fathom what that is going to be like, and I, I just I can't wait. And it's going to be right in the middle of the week that I'm moving. <laughs> and I'm gonna, if I have to watch it on an iPod or something, I'm going to watch that match. Watch it on your i your iWatch, right? Yeah, <laughs> if that's even possible. Can you watch NXT on your Apple Watch? That's, I don't know. That's interesting. All I know yeah. is that that match has already been taped. So beware of spoilers online. No, if nobody you're, if you're, say shit. If you're go- <laughs> I'll ban your ass from the group. Uh, it, it has been taped, and from all the reports I'm seeing, it's it is it's lives it's gonna up. Be it's it's going to live up to it. Yeah, it's going to be legendary. We also had uh, the rest of UE get put into a tag match against the War Raiders. So that's who, what you get. Who the Wall Waiters? Wall Waiters. Wall, yeah. wall Waiters. Wall Waiters. Oh. All on a hunt. Uh, so there, that's happening as well. William Regal once again establishing why an intelligent face GM is always one of my favorite. Like it's just one of the best things. Yeah. It's just it's so great, especially when you have heels running around, uh, 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 just causing chaos. Yeah, it's great. I even like when you and then you can have like heels like Samoa Joe come in and get a, you know a Regal and just yeah. cause chaos and make it really hard for him. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. I like what they're doing with Paige as well, but she still gets flustered a lot more than Regal does. Regal has that, you know, th- that respect about him, that aura. Yeah. So, no, this was a lot of fun. We also had a uh, Gargano from a Gargano promo, excuse me, a promo from Johnny Gargano. Uh, it seems like he's turning the corner. We're getting the beginning of the redemption story. He says, I went home. I thought about it. I want to get back to being good old Johnny Gargano again. <laughs> uh, which I'm thinking is not what you think it is. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking that this is their way of saying, look, Johnny's back on the path of righteousness. He's going back in the right way. And then when it's revealed, as I, I'm calling it every week now, is it when it's revealed that Johnny Gargano is the one that beat down Aleister Black. Ah, I'm eh, just saying, just eh, wait for it. You'll see. Eh. Uh, but he's met, he met up with Candice, who had a little... Uh, had a little stare down with uh, the, the Tommy Laren. Uh, excuse me, uh, Lacey Evans. Uh, with Lacey Evans. Uh, out in the parking lot, and it looks like Candace and uh, Lacey Evans are headed towards a feud. What? God, what? That that never mind. <laughs> well, between between stand by your man and the woman's right and all the rest of it. No, you don't see the. No. You're not seeing no. the parallels. No. no. All right. That n- nincompoop. You're talking about that dumb blonde on Fox News. That's I. Uh, moving on. Velveteen Dream also had a little promo backstage uh, where he subtly accused, maybe not so subtly accused, Champa of being the one that attacked Alistair Black. So it looks like Velveteen's headed towards a title feud with Champa, with Tommaso Champa. I am all about that. Yes. Velveteen versus Champa. That's first of all. It's a great way to get Champa over as legit champ. 
and it's going to be some Velveteen working face. Was Velveteen cleared of of the attack on Alistair Black, or is uh, he just finger pointing everywhere else? Everyone's finger pointing everywhere. They're trying to keep you know they're trying to keep everyone under suspicion. Got to keep the game of Clue going. Yeah. yeah. No so, the, 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 again, I, I I think I know who it is. Uh, okay. I, I disagree with you. I don't think it was him. Um, well, we shall see, yep. won't we, yep. Nick? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. We'll see if this is every other pay-per-view or if it's just WrestleMania. <laughs> um, <laughs> based on your picks. We also had some matches. We had Lars Sullivan have a match against Victor Orshant. Uh, also, you might, previously known as Vordell Walker. Oh, yeah, Walker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that's why, he still had it on his pants. <laughs> He's only been in NXT. He hasn't been in NXT long enough to get new ring gear. Oh, this poor guy. Well, he got murdered by Lars Sullivan, at least until Lars Sullivan, or sorry, Lars, until EC3 came out. Yeah. And EC3 uh, beat up Lars Sullivan, made him take a powder, take off up the ramp. And uh, so it looks like we're heading towards an EC3 Lars Sullivan program, which uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, If it's anything other than Lars Sullivan completely just dismantling EC3, I'm going to be disappointed. I am. All right. I, I'm not. I'm not high on EC3 right now, other than his mic skills. All right. That's kind of about it. I'm gonna change your name to Mark Sullivan. Oh, yes. uh, so we also had, and also in matches, we had the Mighty against the Street Profits, who came out with their cup. Yeah. Well, they how st- dare they, stole they steal their, the, they stole the Black their, Solo cup? They stole their cup and they stole their chains. Their bling. Their bling. Yeah. Which yeah. apparently the Street Profits are really not happy about, but yet. When the cup and chains fell into the middle of the ring, neither member of the Street Profits went to grab them. I guess it's not that big of a deal. Uh, they also, uh, thanks to an injury, a really nasty injury over on the stairs, uh, Montez Ford has leg caught up in the stairs, and then the stairs got kicked. That looked pretty brutal. Yeah, that was nasty. And uh, really nicely worked uh, Hope Spot, where they're trying to go for the hot tag, and it just never happened, and they end up getting rolled up, and the Mighty beat the Street Profits. I see this being an ongoing feud. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't. I think it's just a way to kind of get both these teams some uh, some pep and some heat and some attention. But yeah. it's fun. It's a fun little feud. It, it is what not it is. It. I'm not mad at it. It's yeah. a lot of fun to watch. Exactly. Um, you know, we, the next match we had was Kyrie Sane facing off against Vanessa Bourne, and we've traditionally been a little, dare I say, confused, but not really sure about Vanessa Bourne, and in a way. You know why is she getting this the push or seemingly getting the push that she is? Is she really going to come through with this? I have why to say, is she getting so much time? Yeah. Right. This is the first time that I went okay. She okay. She's hanging with Kyrie Sane. She's got a couple of moves I haven't seen her do before. Yeah. She's improving. I seem to recall us being higher and higher on Vanessa Bourne every time we see her. Like every time we see her, we kind of go okay, okay. Because there was there was a few we were like she's terrible. Why yeah. is she getting this push? Why is she getting so much time? Obviously, we're not in the performance center. We don't know. They obviously see something in her that we don't. And I'm starting to see it more and more every week. So there is something happening. She's got the look, that's for sure. That, um, and that suplex that she did where they did a barrel the roll. The twisting suplex. Twisting yeah. suplex. Uh, was a lot starry, of fun. The starry night, yeah. Starry night, she calls it. Um, yeah, so there the, the was some good stuff in this match. Kyrie does pull off the win and then stares down Shayna Baszler, and they set up a match at Evolution, their rematch for the championship. So that was nice. Uh, lots of setups in this show this week. We had a setup for Keith Lee versus Kona Reeves where Keith Lee was giving a promo in the back hallway. Uh, Kona talked some crap to him, and Keith said, cool, let's go, buddy. Yep. Bye, Kona. You, Kona. Nice knowing you. Kona going to die. He's going to be the finest corpse in the building. And you know, uh, and you know I'm going to mark out for this next one. Oh, here we go. Tommaso Ciampa uh, having, I believe, I believe, <laughs> Nick's over there swatting himself. <laughs> 
And think, Flap them arms. Uh-huh. Stakes and weights. Calm down there, Tucky. Woo! So, uh So, Tommaso Ciampa, with his first, I'd say, non-Gargano title defense, I think it was, against... Otis Dozovich. It wasn't a title match. It was a non-title match. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. Okay. It was not, not a title defense. Otis Dozovich versus Tommaso Ciampa. Yes. Otis Dozovich, surprising that he's coming out as a singles wrestler yes. here. Although Tucker Knight, his, his his tag team partner in Heavy Machinery, did show up at the top of the ramp to keep Tommaso from leaving at one point. Yes. Uh, but this was basically just Tommaso getting his ass whipped for most of the match and then pulling out some heel shit at the end, raking couple, the eyes. A couple of DD, draping DDTs after yeah. raking the eyes, raking and, the eyes and got the pin on him. Boom, got the pin. I think this was a great way to show Tommaso Ciampa is a weasel and he's a heel, but he can manage to pull off a win when he needs to and that Otis Dozovich is legit. He's, can deliver. He, he can deliver. Yep. He's a good look. He's a good looking monster. Uh, he can do big power moves. He's a good power dude. Can actually wrestle a match, entertain the crowd. We knew that from his work in heavy machinery, but yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yep. So, uh, but that's it. I think that was just a statement match pretty much from Ciampa. Yep. So this was, uh, was this the, it was the second week that we've had two of five live immediately after they are taping it before SmackDown yes. live now on the second, Tuesdays. the second Wednesday, two Oh five live, which yeah. from what I'm hearing is going over really well. It's actually, it's apparently come it's, it's doing very well and having okay. them tape before SmackDown live is doing great things for the crowd. Uh, airing it on Wednesday, it seems to be so people don't have the overkill from SmackDown. They're they they're doing the. Uh, but is it going to be two hundred five taped now? Well, it's it's two hundred five live recorded. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> kind of like how yeah, and, and so whatever. Who knows? Maybe they'll change it to two hundred five. I don't know. Okay. Who cares? It's it. I think that it, it it has been an improvement for the show, and I think people are more likely to watch it in a block with NXT. And right now, the May Young Classic and possibly the MMC. Uh, frankly, I think they should just do away with the whole brand and just roll the cruiserweight division into NXT. Uh, I think would be a, a better way to go about it. Rather than trying to maintain a whole separate vertical within your company that's dedicated to the cruiserweights, Yeah, uh, it would make so much more sense just to fold it into uh, 205 Live as a developmental kind of thing. But well, I understand why they don't want to put it down there. It yeah, just, we'll see. I mean, there's, there's a lot of crossover going on right now. For instance, the first thing we had this week was a match between Leo Rush and Noam Dar. Leo was trying to dodge Noam Dar because he had, was busy over a Monday Night Raw. Right. But he ended up getting this match. But he ends up winning. Leo does pull off the win uh, in this match. I don't know if that means that there's gonna be, this is going to continue or not. I could see it continuing until Noam gets the win because he needs a win. He just came back. But uh, we'll see. We did have a, a sit down between Cedric Alexander and Buddy Murphy. Uh, Murphy saying last time Cedric had the advantage because it was in his hometown. The next time they have a match, it will be in Buddy Murphy's home country of Australia. So this will be Murphy's advantage here. Uh, I'm very curious to see if this is the belt that they change. You know, I think he's from Perth. Though. That's like the other side of the country. Like, they, hate, they hate each other. They do, but <laughs> it's still Aussie first when it comes to the rest of the oy, world. Oy, oy. Just well, just like with any other country, it's yeah. like I don't care if you're from Ottawa, Quebec, or Montreal. You know, if it's Canada versus I don't know Zimbabwe, they're going to take Canada first. And, sure, you know, I don't care, I don't care where you're from. Fine. So uh, anyway, they also had the Brian Kendrick with a quick match defeating some local talent, but then Drew Gulak, his buddy, got out his frustrations from losing last week on this guy. Uh, so it's more of a more vicious Gulak is coming back. I don't know where he's going from this, but Gulak is he's, a, uh, he's an angry he, man. He's not taking the loss to Cedric Alexander very well. Uh, he's he's spiraling downwards, and we'll see how just how far he goes down. I mean, I love Drew Gulak. So that, there's a guy who could show up on the main roster like out of 205 Live tomorrow, and I'd be so happy. Oh, about yeah. It. Oh, yeah. Um, so the big match this week was Mustafa Ali versus Hideo Itami. The Batwing. 
The, oh, why? I do such a good job of forgetting about that. But the bat wing has become a little like it, let's become almost like a meme on our Facebook discussion group uh, is 205 bat wing. Uh, but uh, so so Hideo and his bat wing versus uh, Mustafa Ali. Uh, I'm not sure if it's kayfabe or not, but Hideo did put Mustafa in the hospital. So this is kind of a grudge match. They've done a good job of building it. Yep. It ends in a double count out. They beat the crap out of each other. Ali gave him an 054 on the apron, oh. which just looked gnarly. Both guys couldn't answer the count, and get back in the ring. So this feud will continue. Uh, and if they keep it on this level of intensity, I'm so down to see more. Yes, keep uh, it going. Next week, we're seeing Jack Gallagher versus Akira Tozawa. And TJP gave a sick promo this week because last week he, he, t- he ripped off Lindsay Dorado's mask. And he said, yeah, I used to wear a mask, too. I used to work in Lucha. I used to work in Mexico. I didn't care about Lucha then. I don't care about Lucha now. All I care about is tapping dudes out like I'm going to do to Kalisto next week. Great promo. Looking forward to Kalisto versus TJP. That's going to be a banger of a match. Yes, absolutely. They give, they give him some time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's going to be tasty. Well, next up, we got to talk about uh, the final round, the final episode, fourth of episode round. of the first round yes. of the May Young Classic. Um and beyond this, things get really interesting. But let's run down what happened with uh, the final four matches of the first round here. Starting off, Rachel Evers facing off against Hiroyo Matsumoto. Dude, the Lady Destroyer. The Lady Godzilla. Lady Godzilla. Yes. Uh, one of the ones we were very excited about being. And I was excited about seeing Rachel Evers come back because I'd, I'd heard good things. I was not ready for how good this match was. Yeah. I was shocked. I was halfway through. It started off in the, you know, it starts off as most matches do, kind of slow, feeling each other out, and it was fine. But about the halfway point, I just was thinking to myself, this is really good. These Both these ladies are working a very clean, very technical, just solid match. Really solid. Uh, good strength spots, good technical spots, and the finish was fantastic. You had a couple of hope spots from Rachel Evers doing the, the baby face, Hiroyo slapping her down. It was all around. It might have been one of my favorite matches of the first round. Damn. I was so impressed with the booking and the working of this match. So in- incredibly impressed. So, uh, yeah, I, I recommend if you're, if you're checking out little by little the Mae Young, this is one to go look at. Rachel Evers immensely improved. Immensely improved since last year. And, of course, Matsumoto. It's Matsumoto. We knew, we knew it was going to be, we knew it was gonna be fantastic. Uh, I was actually surprised here that Matsumoto got the win over Evers. I'm going really? to be honest here. I thought Evers had improved to the level that this is her second year again, or, or uh, second May Young Classic. Uh, I thought she was going to make it past the first round this year. Matsumoto picked up the victory. She did. I think people are sleeping on Matsumoto because she's getting overshadowed by uh, by Meiko Satomura and Io yeah. Shirai. So I think they're kind of sleeping on her. Uh, again, Evers, I think, is going to be involved in WWE going forward, whereas I think think Matsumoto might be on loan. Yeah. So we might not Good be point. seeing more of her. So they're just giving her more shine in the time that she's there. And it doesn't hurt Evers to go out looking strong the way she did. So I I, I, I understand why they ended this way. Uh, next up, we had Tainara Conti, Conti versus uh, Jesse Elaban, which was, I thought, the least of the matches, on, on of these four matches, the, the least impressive. What I'll say is um, Tainara Conti had a lot of my... Um Hope and attention, I guess, is the way I want to say it. Coming into the May Young Classic, mm. I thought you know she was one of the ones that had gotten hyped really big. So I was expecting more. I guess is I'm I'm a little bit. I don't want to say I'm disappointed, but I'm a little. It's a little lackluster from what I was hyped up to think to expect. Yeah, 
So, and I don't know if that's Jesse or if that's Tainara or combination of both or whatever, but this was kind yes. of a meh. Jesse, obviously very green. Yeah. Um, I think lots of potential does remind me uh, a little bit of like a Dakota Kai, lots like, especially with the legs. Yep. Uh, some very long legs and some good looking kicks. Uh, and a, a very energetic and very charismatic in, in ring style, but obviously still very green. Tainara also felt very green. It felt like a very scripted match. Like both both girls were being booked to their strengths. Don't show off too much because you don't have a whole lot in the arsenal. Let's just get this done with. Um, Tainara gave me pretty much what I expected from her. Yeah, I don't think that highly of her. I think she's incredibly talented as an athlete. I think she's still learning the craft of wrestling. And that kind of showed here, yep. in my opinion. So she does pick up the win, uh, moves on to face Lacey Lane in the second round, who also got a lot of shine in her first round match against Craven. Yeah, but there's yeah, but there's, but again, that, she's there's, still there's a lot of greenness green. here. A lot yeah. of green. I'm I'm hoping that Conti impresses me in the second round. I'm hoping Lane also looks better in the second round. I think they had the potential to put on a good match together, but uh, this match, yeah, it definitely felt like. It felt more like the first May Young Classic, like some of the matches there, where it just was a little bit eh. underwhelming. Yep. Next up, we had uh, Isla Dawn facing off against Nicole Matthews. Yes, first time I've ever seen someone with a Scottish accent get subtitled. Well, it, she kind of needed it. Yeah, <laughs> get the Scottish accent and a lisp. So that's oh. that's a that's a double trouble right there. I, I've been to I've been to Scotland one time. I've been to Glasgow, and that's a thick accent. I could not understand. I might as well have been in China. <laughs> I could not understand anything. They were speaking English, as I do air quotes, but it was it was Scottish. It's very I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that was, but <laughs> I've actually got family in Glasgow and visiting them is always an adventure. Oh yeah. The first day or so it's it's just it's like it's like scuba diving where you have to acclimate the lower you go. Yeah. It's like going down to hundred feet, you just gotta sit there and be like, All right, at some point my my lungs will catch up with this. So uh but anyway, <laughs> Where do we go? How do we get there? I don't know. Uh, so this was this was an okay match. This was fine. Um, I, I actually thought that both of them worked very well. Uh, Isla Dawn lost, but I think that's fine again because she's going to be involved in the UK, the NXT UK division. Right. Um, I'm not sure what how long Nicole Matthews will be involved in WWE if she or if she'll go be a trainer. She's obviously I think very talented. Has been doing it for a long time. Twelve years, well respected. This was again. This was a. Perfectly fine match as well. Worked nothing. They, they had a great video package for her before the match. Like oh, yeah. they were pump, they were pumping her up to be like the next best thing. I, well, and the commentary was putting over big time too, yeah. even though she was working heel. But I, I think that she will be someone who's better served by by working with up and coming talent. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't see a high ceiling for her, if you will. Yeah, I'm still in that mindset from our show earlier. Um, but this again, this was a fine match. I, I was not blown away, but I also was. Well, this was respectful. It was a yeah, respectful serviceable. match. Yep, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Nicole Matthews does in the next round. Finally, we got to talk about Zaya Brookside versus Io Shirai, probably one of the most hyped women in the Mae Young Classic. Io Shirai having her debut in WWE by murdering a 19-year-old. That was her debut. This was yeah. a fun match, yeah. even though it was essentially a squash. It, it was fun, but when, as soon as I saw it, it was gonna, I, I didn't really look ahead at the brackets to see like what her matchup was going to be. I just knew that she was going to be in the Mae Young Classic. Right. So when I saw that it was going to be Zaya Brookside, I went, oh, okay. <laughs> Zaya, just one of those, just, okay. Zaya going to die in front of her dad right. in the who, crowd. Who is one of the more respected trainers in WWE. Bobby Brookside, yeah. Yep, so it... I don't know. She's at 19. She's, and she had a great... Honestly, I thought she carried herself very well in the ring. 
great presence, especially for a 19-year-old. Don't know what her moveset is. Don't know where she's at in terms of her training. But from what I saw from her in this match, her selling was really good. Uh, you know, and, and I, I love the way that she fed for for EO and and everything. So yeah. I, I actually was very impressed with her in her squash loss. I thought that she showed some some really good potential. Of course, Io Shirai. Oh yeah, everything she did just looked amazing. Is well, like is like Satomura Part Two, which is so Chris. People don't understand. I think a lot who don't watch Joshi and don't watch Stardom and don't watch that. They don't understand the level of talent. Well, I want to read a comment that got posted in the Facebook discussion group real quick from please uh, Callum Slocum. Uh, he said, I'm probably in the extreme minority here when I say that I don't watch WWE at all, but having followed Io Shirai's career in stardom the last couple of years, I promised myself I'd watch her May Young Classic matches. All I can say about that match is that wasn't even all of Io's basic moveset. No. That oh was about one-tenth of what she can do. She's your new favorite wrestler. You just don't know it yet. I, I actually am going to correct him there. Okay. That was one-hundredth of what she can do. <laughs> okay. I mean, just what she did from her brief cameo in Lucha Underground, if, if you're an American right, yeah. audience wanting to see more of her, she's insane. And I think that the one thing in this match that may have given you like a, a tiny glimpse, like a little raising of the, 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 the cover over the light there was that moonsault at the end and how just With insane. the knees into the body like Jesus. that? Jesus. Wow. Yeah, the, the timing and the precision and everything that 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 takes is, is pretty incredible. No, it's I, I I am so excited for when people get to see what she can actually dish out. Her next round max matches against Zuxis, which by the way, people are, are sleeping on her as well. You didn't see anything from her in that first round. She can. This is going to be awesome. Ain't no way she's taking out of Yoshirai though. She's not taking her out. Oh, no. She's oh, no gonna, I mean, there's, no, gonna, there's no way she's Io, getting past Io might go all the way. We might yeah. have two Japanese winners in a, in a row. But um, that being said, yeah, Io Shirai versus Zuxis will be a banger of a match. Mark my words. Yes. Second round starts next week. Very excited about that. Some of those matches in the second round look incredible. And I'm ready for this to really kick into fourth and fifth gear. So Mayon Classic continues, but... Uh, also continuing this week, the Mixed Match Challenge. We had Country Dominance facing off against Mahalika. I mean, Mahalisha. <laughs> I'm going to say Mahalika from now on because that's just what it was implanted into I'm my gonna head. I'm going to keep making puns then if you do. Yeah. Um, Mickey subbed in for Sasha. Was this a good thing, Mickey James, uh, coming in for the uh, quote-unquote injured or quote-unquote pregnant I really Sasha? don't know if there's – I mean, it's pregnant. <laughs> I heard – okay, I got you. Uh, Mickey versus Sasha with Bobby Roode. Yeah. Either way, that's Bobby right now is not. He's on a downswing. Yep. Like it's. I think Mickey actually might make the team even less exciting to the average fan. Yeah. I think Sasha might have lent it a little bit of excitement. Uh, Mickey and Bobby's going to make it a little bit more bland. I think. Um, they did pick up the win here, uh, mostly because there is a bit of miscommunication going on. Sunil Singh is still running around with Jinder Mahal. Alicia doesn't like him. There's like a love triangle thing going on here with Sunil and Alicia and Jinder, and it's kind of fun. It's actually very entertaining, which is more than I can say for Bobby Roode and Mickey James. Agreed, 100%. Uh, next up, we had Miz and Asuka facing off against Fabulous Truth, Carmella yes. and R-Truth. Uh, you know what? This is... This is exactly what the mix match challenge should be. This was so much fun. This is, you know, we had a lot of fun with the first, you know, round of matches earlier uh -huh. this year with the mix match challenge. 
this is ex- this is the embodiment of what this should be, and it's, it's just so much just fun. fun. It's just fun. Them having Don't take fun it in the ring. seriously. They're not taking it seriously. They're just having fun and being goofy and Miz saying he's got a better moonwalk than Michael Jackson and then jumping around like he's in an actual moon suit. You know, it's just <laughs> it's just fun stuff. Our truth over as hell. He was still riding high from earlier when he did the our the, the R Truth, truth TV. TV. Truth TV. They were still chanting Truth TV during this. Like he was over with this crowd. It was crazy. I mean, the dude's an entertainer. I love how he keeps calling referring to Maurice's other Carmelo. <laughs> That's just oh, it's, it's just the, so money. The running jokes with him are fantastic. Though he was keeping them up week to week. He's like, I'm a pin Carmella. That way I get my opportunity at the championship. What? Yeah. <laughs> it was just fantastic. But Arnie that's is. that's just our truth in a nutshell. So another entertaining week of mixed match challenge. It's it's cotton candy, yes. but it's a lot of fun. It's funnel cake and caramel apples at the carnival. Exactly. You know? Enjoy it for what it is. Don't take it seriously. Don't take it too seriously. Just have some fun with it. Yep. All right, Ian, it's time. Things I take seriously. New Japan. Well, we had the last round of... Was this the last round of this Destruction? This was the last last round. So there's three Destruction shows. We yep. had the third one, which happened in Kobe. The big match, of course, being Tanahashi versus Okada for the briefcase that, that gives you the main event shot at Wrestle Kingdom. So the the their version of the Money in the Bank briefcase, right. only it's you can't cash in any time. It's for one match. And that's a, the main event at Wrestle Kingdom. Whoever okay. holds that briefcase is in the main event. Correct. However they get it. Fighting for the championship. Wow. So Okada and Tanahashi. Now, keep in mind, Okada and Tanahashi have not had a definitive winner in a while. And they and even in their match at G1, they, they came to a time limit draw. So this was, you know, Tanahashi's having a resurgence right now. Okada's been the guy for years. And Tanahashi, you know, he took that from Tanahashi. So this is this is having this is like a resurgence year for Tanahashi. He won the G one, and now he's got the briefcase. Can he beat Okada? He has to beat Okada in order to be that main event. He's got to. He basically has to put his stamp on it, and he did. He beat Okada, which is a big freaking deal. That, that is a that huge means, deal. That means a lot. And so they're they're basically going all back in on Tanahashi. Um, and the brilliance of Tanahashi, the reason why he is a generationally unique wrestler, like he's one of the best of all time, and I cannot overstate that enough, is his ability to get you behind him and to fire up. He's got one of the best fire ups. I mean, you think you talk about like the Hulk up, the Hogan hulking up, and how he would get eighty thousand people freaking out when he hulks up. Tanahashi, I think, has a better one. Yeah, when he when he hulks up, it is fire. Yeah, and it's you can totally get behind him. So I think this was the right decision. I'm excited to see Tanahashi uh, and Omega. They're already going at each other on social media. I'm excited to see it at Wrestle Kingdom. But that's not the big story of Destruction and Kobe. If you watched it, you already know what I'm about to say. Drama, drama, drama. Probably the biggest swerve since Jericho unmasked himself. Okay, let me run this down. So after the match, Tanahashi and Okada, both exhausted in the ring. Okada's laid out. Tanahashi's celebrating. Out comes Jay White, who has been, he's been agitating recently, and he's probably one of the biggest heels in New Japan right now. Comes out, lays out Tanahashi. We kind of saw this coming. All right. Okay, Jay White out there. He grabs a briefcake, poses for a little bit, and then he starts laying into Okada, which is a big deal because they're both in part of the same faction, Chaos. So we've been seeing this civil war coming for a while in Chaos. Now it's finally coming to a head. Jay White has finally turned on Okada. So, of course, the rest of Chaos starts running out. Well, who hadn't been beaten up in a match earlier? Which basically means Yoshihashi. Yeah. 
Um, if you don't know Yoshihashi, he's basically the gingerbread man of New Japan. He's just, oh, poor Yoshihashi. He's just kind of vanilla. He doesn't really have a character. He's not really charismatic. He's kind of goofy. It's just, but not intentionally. You know what I mean? He tries to yeah. be a badass. He's just, he's just not. He's just not. He runs out, takes a spill on the ramp. Now, we all remember Titus, Titus style. Titus style. We all remember Titus Worldwide at the Greatest Royal Rumble just bailing and just going all the way into the ring, yeah. right? Amazing. Barely missing that post that where he almost impaled both himself. Po- both posts, yeah. yeah. It was almost really bad. Well, Yoshihashi also tripped on the ramp and fell. He didn't miss. He didn't. No, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. He got up, and I mean, you know, you saw Liv Morgan trying to get to the corner. That was Yoshihashi trying to get into the ring. He was stumbling. He did not know where he was. Somehow managed to get into the ring. Blood pouring out of his head. He had the spurt going on. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, Jay White, you know, smart and smart of him to just kind of throw a chair at him. Yoshihashi takes the bump, rolls the hell out of the ring, and medical professionals just swarm him. Yoshihashi got messed up. (laughs) Messed up trying to come in for the save on Okada. (laughs) Um, and before I get to the big swerve, which is coming in a second, I got to really quickly say it, it is telling. It's telling that in the replays of that and on uh, New Japan, when they when you watch it now, they actually edit it out. They have cut the camera shot and they've edited out Yoshihashi going down. Interesting. You cannot watch the replay of Yoshihashi bailing and making himself look like an idiot. It happens so quickly. It makes it look like the chair busted his head open. So they have wow. actually edited around it to try and not make Yoshihashi look like an idiot. Contrast that with the Titus Worldwide slip-up. Where they replayed it endlessly. Where basically WWE did everything they could to make Titus look like as much of an idiot as they could for weeks and months afterwards. Yeah, he'll never live that down. No. That'll that'll be on his gravestone when he... It kind of shows you the difference in respect, doesn't it? Yeah. That the Super Motions have for for their workers. Yeah. Just something I thought I'd point out. Here's the big one. Jay White beating up Okada. Gato comes out. You know, Okada's former corner man. Uh, Okada's now going off his own. He's kind of having a midlife crisis now that he's lost the belt. Gato comes out, grabs a chair out of Jay White's hands and says, what are you doing, man? We're, we're all part of chaos. And then lays out Okada with the chair. Gato pulling a, 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 a Seth Rollins from the shield, lays out Okada and sides with Jay White. Gato turning heel, now cornering with Jay White. This is massive. This is seismic. This is so Yoshihashi down. Gato and Jay White have both turned. Are we done? Is chaos d- done? I don't know. There's still a lot of guys in chaos that that didn't come out that weren't involved. That are. I think chaos. In the words of the book, chaos. Chaos is fine, as Cody would say. Okay, chaos is fine. Except that Jay White, I think, is now. I don't know. Maybe they're still involved with chaos. We haven't really had a lot of time to to figure out the fallout from this yet. The big thing here is Gato isn't just a wrestler. He's the lead booker for New Japan. Mm. So him being in your corner is a kayfabe wink at saying marked man. This is their way of saying Jay White's a marked man. You know what I mean? And it makes more sense that they do that with Jay White than they then say with like Omega or oh, sure. Cody. Because Jay White, is he's a dojo guy. They built him. He's, you know, he's built from in-house. So 
they're they're they feel a little bit more responsibility for him and more loyalty to him and vice versa you know i don't, I don't want to say that i was you know onto something but i did pick him to win the g1 he was my sleeper pick you're jay you know? well he almost jay did. white and he, and he if evil hadn't gotten him on that last match he would have i think he would have won the whole thing yeah it was it came close yeah i think that they're or at least gone up. gone up to uh, uh ibushi after that i so. certainly slept on him until uh i went to san francisco and saw him at the cow palace this year and uh i gotta say dude his heel work especially in the middle of that shoot jr bit where jr accidentally got injured for real and barnett legit stormed the ring yeah um and jay white just played it perfectly and he got my god that was a lot of heat he got from that crowd that was nuclear so so did jay white just pull a cody and kind of steal chaos much like cody kind of stole bullet club i think time will tell i think it's too soon for them to do the exact same angle yeah. but it's it's a big deal that gato turned on okada at this point, and that's, it's going to make Okada's wow. character a lot more interesting. You know, Okada's been going through what I think is a fascinating character arc with, you know, f- kind of having a bit of a freak out after losing the championship. This is just going to make him that much. His boy just turned against him. You know, his Mickey to his Rocky just turned on him. Wow. That's a big deal. So looking forward, we've got King of Pro Wrestling coming up. Yeah, so we got a two big shows coming up. we got Fighting Spirit Unleashed coming up on the 30th, which is this Sunday, which I'm very much looking forward to watching. And we've got King of Pro Wrestling coming up on October the 8th. We only have one match semi-set for King of Pro Wrestling because we've got to get a lot done between now and then. Fighting Spirit Unleashed, let's run down our picks here. Um, we've got a couple of undercard matches like Rapongi 3K and... Uh, uh, versus ACH, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Jushin Thunder Liger, which is very cool for everyone who's down there in Long Beach to see uh, Jushin actually work. Uh, you've got SoCal Uncensored, which is going to be Kazarian and Daniels, Chris Daniels versus Hangman Page and Chase Owens, typical undercard stuff. Uh, this is an this is a, a cool one. Flip Gordon, Chris Sabin, and our boy Jeff Cobb facing off against uh, the best friends, Trent Beretta, Chucky e. T, and Hiroki Goto, oh. who uh, Cobb had a match with up the Cow Palace last time that Goto was over stateside. Nice. Um, Sonata, Evil, and Naito, Los Ingobernables, versus Davy Boy Smith Jr., Lance Archer, and Zack Sabre Jr. That's going to be a pretty uh, hard-hitting match. It'll be a lot of fun. That's going to be nasty. That's going to be, yep, that's going to be uh, gonna be a nasty match. I oh, agree. Boy. Um, so let's let's give our picks to these next ones. So we've got okay. Kushida and Tanahashi versus Gato and Jay White, the oh. new team of Gato and Jay White. What do you think's happening here? I, I think basically what they just executed, you almost have to have Gato and Jay White win here. I agree. I think I think Kushida's eating the pin here. Yeah. You oh know? yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. You know what I mean? It can't be Tanahashi. That was my conundrum with this one. Is like it, you. Like Tanahashi can't look bad. You can't. No. But, Tanahashi, so he's going to be hurt outside the ring. It's going to be able Kushida, to get in quick enough. And, right. It's going to be yeah. Kushida or Gato eating the pin. Yeah. I don't think Gato will eat the pin this early. They need to establish that team as being strong. So I think Jay White's going to pin Kushida here. Uh, we've also got the second round. Kushida, by the way, uh, he won the first, the, the other semifinal match in the junior heavyweight tournament. Uh, he beat Bushi. So Kushida's going to go on and be one half of that finals match at King of Pro Wrestling. That's the one match that's right. Booked. So the other semifinal is happening at this show. Will Ospreay versus Marty Skrull, which, as we know, is a storied historical rivalry. They've had some absolutely brutal matches, five-star matches. This is going to be absolutely insane. But historically, death taxes and Marty Skrull beats Osprey. What do you think happens here? I think the trend continues. I think Skrull's kind of on a roll uh, as of late, and he's he's got some newfound hype. Uh, with new the new costume that he's he was wearing this year and all of this stuff that there's a lot of momentum <laughs> dare I say that oh, word God. about New Japan uh, behind Marty Skrull and I think he does beat Will Ospreay here. 
to move forward. Wow. I'm actually taking the complete opposite tack. I think Osprey has way more <laughs> momentum. And I think Marty's actually on the downswing right now. I think Os- I think you Osprey right. is they're definitely high on Osprey right now. I think Osprey actually picks up the whole thing. I think our boy Whoa. Osprey is getting that belt back. I really do. Nice. Yep. Okay. So I, I, you know what? To be honest, I wouldn't be mad at either one of these guys winning. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at any three of these guys winning. Right. So uh, next we have this is a grudge match. The Young Bucks are facing off with the Bullet Club OGs for the heavyweight tag belts. Tana, ta- Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa. This time it's personal. Stole them. It's been personal. Okay. I know. It but I mean, continues to be after personal. all of the antics of the G1. You know, <laughs> this is that this is like the young bucks. This is make or break here. They've got to win, beat them for this belts or this yeah. is this is the OGs have established themselves, which is why I think the OGs win. Oh. I think the young bucks uh, get beaten down here. I think ah. the young bucks have to go down on the down. I think the OGs need more power. You know, I agree with that. I do. And the young bucks are going to be fine. They, exactly. Know, they, they've got so much stuff. They're what, going like on. eight or nine time junior heavyweight tag yeah. team champs. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll be just fine. They'll be fine. They need they need to get put in their place a little bit on the heavyweight uh, division. The next one is a lot more interesting to me. Than, this is well, this is one. one. This is the big one. Yeah, for the for the for the show. And I think we've been waiting for uh, this guy to get his opportunity for quite some time, maybe a couple of years now, at least a year. A uh, Juice Robinson facing off against Cody yep. for the U.S. defending title. his U.S. belt. Cody, the new NWA Championship winner. I don't know. This is a coin flip. I can argue for either one. I really could. I could see Cody dripping in gold and I could see why they'd want juice to hold on to that belt because Cody's already got a, a, a title. You know what I mean? Yeah, I but it's really the NWA belt. It's not, it's not new Japan. But so NWA going, eh. used to have a relationship with new Japan. I like know. It, it makes, but does that matter? I mean, I, he could conceivably defend the belt in new Japan. That would be within the, the bylaws. I think anyway, I've, uh, I'm going to say Juice Robinson retains. I'm going to go out on a limb. Yeah, I'm going to say, say he retains, retains, retains as well. I think I he has to retain I don't think somehow. Cody's going to have both. Uh, there's got to be a run-in or something. Yeah. Uh, you think know, of. that's another good thing. There could be an interference here yeah. where nothing happens. I, I, the only thing I can think is, that's yeah. the only thing I can think. Uh, but anyway, and then the uh, other main event, the co-main event is a tag team match. Tomohiro Ishii and Kazuchika Okada versus Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. They're going to put on a show. They're going to put on, I don't care who wins. It doesn't matter. It's going to be a show. You're, you're going to see the circus. It, it's just, you know, yeah. it's going to be crazy. I'm calling Ishii win, eats the pin. Oh, really? Yeah, I think Ishii would, uh, eats the pin. All here. right, I'll go out on a, I'll take a flyer here and say Okada eats the pin by, by Omega. Omega you pins Okada. You think more Jay White interference and uh, Okada eats pin again? That, you know, that's possible. Because it is two members of chaos. Uh, I think I think they're they're working on something here with Okada where it's just continually like ratcheting him down, maybe to rebirth him somewhere yeah. after Wrestle Kingdom or at, beyond. I don't, that. They don't want to damage him too much. I know, but there, you need to take him down off of the high that he's ridden for the last several years to kind of re. Uh, you know, so let him eat these pins. They tend to be a lot break. more careful with that in New Japan than in WWE, though. Yeah. They but really let him be the one pins. that moves the moves the bar forward and lets these new guys kind of step up a little bit. Oh. And you know, I, we'll see. I, we see. I think, yeah, I could totally see a Jay White ghetto interference. I uh, really could see that with, with messing up Okada here and causing him to take the pinfall. Mm, uh, I, I think they're gonna mess up. Ishii's gonna eat it anyway. Anyway, we have a, a couple more things to get to before we get out of here. It is going to be a, a huge weekend because not only do we have the uh, fighting spirit unleashed progress i don't know if any of you guys watch progress 
this is the weekend to check it out because they have a, a pay-per-view this weekend, Hello Wembley, and the card is huge. If you check out NXT at all, a lot of people you'll know will be on there and you'll be introduced to some fantastic European talent on this show. Good God, the top of the card, Tyler Bate versus Walter, who is currently the progress champion for the heavyweight world belt. Uh, in before Tyler Bates strength spot where he gut rich suplexes Walter. Oh, if he's able to, Walter's a big dude. Yeah. Walter's like three of Tyler Bates. In before Walter hits Tyler so hard he shatters into a million pieces. Yeah, he caves his chest in into a, a million uh, mustached, small, <laughs> thick boy pieces. I, I don't understand this match. It is for the championship apparently. I, what? What, what's I, I just I don't understand why, how these two got booked together. I, as small as Tyler is, he's a lot of fun to watch. But I don't know that Walter has the pace that he's good at working. So I'm yes, really, he does. Well, I th- this, this is going to be a barn burner. Oh, I think okay. Walter can absolutely go. So no, I, meant, I meant this is this is Walter's like big and heavy and methodical. Tyler is like a little bit fast paced and yeah. will run around like the oh, Tasmanian absolutely. Devil this around is David him. and Goliath. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. But uh, only David is a little bit Goliath-ish him, himself. If Walter gets his hands on Tyler, I think it's over. Uh, that's, <laughs> sorry. Can Tyler survive is right. the name of this match. Also, at the top of the card, we've got Tony Storm versus Ginny, who's showing up with her House of Couture ladies, versus Willie McKenzie, who's currently the champ. I think Willie retains here. I do, too, because I think these other two are going to work in NXT. I think Tony is. Well, we know Tony is. Tony's signed. Tony's but. signed, but I think Jenny's also... Uh, NXT I, I, UK. They're, they're circling, I believe. Doesn't mean that she can't also work progress. That's true. That's true. Um, I think Tony, though, was gonna, is going to go and be a bigger part of NXT yeah. uh, than just NXT UK, but we'll see. I, I don't think Tony's picking up the belt because this is the show to drop belts and put people over before you go off to other things. Yep. So uh, we've also got Doug Williams versus Trent Seven for the Atlas Championship. This is a big deal because Doug Williams has been around forever. He's He's... You know, a well-respected guy. And he said his next loss will be his last. This is for the Atlas Championship. So if he loses, not only does he lose his championship belt to Trent Seven, he's going to retire. This could be a retirement match. So very emotional. Uh, we've also got Pete Dunn versus Ilya Dragunov for who is the best wrestler in, the, in, the, in Europe. That's going to be a barn burner if you don't know who Ilya is. Another reason to check out the pay-per-view. Tag Team Thunder Bastard match, which is basically just Tag Team Chaos. Currently, Flamita and Bandito, if you follow American wrestling and Mexican wrestling, are the champs. And they can, they're amazing. They can go. They're absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. But this is just going to be absolute chaos. We've also got a tables, ladders, and chairs match between Mark Andrews, who some of you may remember for 205 Live, and Eddie Dennis. We've also got Paul Robinson versus Jimmy Havoc in an ODQ, which will probably be one of the most brutal things you see this year. <laughs> And Mark Haskins versus Matt Riddle. It's going to be Matt Riddle's farewell match to progress. So huge wow. card. Huge what a card. card. Holy yes. smokes. If you're, if you're hungry for wrestling this weekend, your appetite will be satisfied. Witted. You would be witted. Mm-hmm. Well, Ian, we're getting to the end of the show here. We've got so we some are. other news. We've got to do a quick lightning round. Let's try to not get bogged down too much into any of There's these an things. absolutely gorgeous sunset outside that we're missing right oh, now, Nick. No. Oh, no. Luckily, we have a lightning round to get yes. to. Let's, Let's knock this out. Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor is tonight. Did I say it was a big weekend of wrestling? It's a big <laughs> weekend of wrestling. Jay Lethal is defending the Ring of Honor World Championship against Will Ospreay. Uh, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Marty Skrull, and Hangman Page are facing off against Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, Rocky Romero, Trent Beretta, and Chuck Taylor. Good God. Sumie Sakai is defending her championship against Emma, Tennille Dashwood. I think Tennille's taking it here. 
the Briscoes are defending against Chris Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. A lot of overlap you're seeing from Straw from Fighting Spirit. Right. You may notice. I was going to say, they sound all familiar. <laughs> this sounds very familiar. I think the Briscoes are retaining, though. Uh, Punishment Martinez is defending against Chris Sabin. I do not think he's losing his television championship here. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger is showing up. He's going to have a match against Kenny King. And Flip, Cor- Flip Gordon and Colt Cabana are trying to get revenge from uh, All In against Bully Ray and Silas Young. It'll be a tables match. Hell yes. Hell yes. It's a, <laughs> This weekend of wrestling is bananas. My God. In other news, Joey Janela, poor Joey Janela. He has just, he had a, a nasty uh, spot recently, came out of the ring and just did something wrong to his knee. It's one of those typical things where the dude falls 40 feet off out, off a balcony and he's fine. There's a little spot out of a ring, busts his knee up. His PCL is toast. His MCL is toast. He has an impaction fracture in one of his knee bones. He's got a mild bone contusion. He's got a sprain in his fibular ligament. He's got a tear in a ligament. He's got an ACL sprain and a small knee contusion. He's out for eight to 10 months minimum wow that's a knee replacement kind of shit his knee is gone i got bad knees and that's a jacked up knee it's messed up so i had to do all of that at once you you had to turn it the wrong way dude uh, fast speedy quick easy recovery to joey janela Uh, you know one of the greatest wrestling minds on the indie circuit right now a lot of fun to watch very talented um you know that's horrible news so hopefully everything will work out okay with him yeah um Jeff Cobb, our boy Jeff Cobb, and Walter, two guys we just talked about recently. Well, Walter is currently also the PWG champion. Yes. And our boy Jeff Cobb did just win BOLA, the Battle of Los Angeles. The two of them are going to meet for a championship match at PWG, Smokey and the Bandito, on October 19th. <laughs> Holy crap, kid. You're, yeah. leaving, you're leaving town too soon. Yeah, two weeks too, too, too soon. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and then oh. finally, in our lightning round, big news here. And, uh, NWA is having a 70th anniversary show in October. We've already got Tony Schiavone is going to be coming in and calling the Cody Nick Aldis rematch. We've got Championship Wrestling Hollywood's Joe Golly doing the play-by-play for the entire show. But joining him on color commentary, Jim Cornette. Smoky Mountain Wrestling legend. Holy Jim Cornette. crap, kid. Oh. That is going to be... I wonder Fun. if there's going to be somebody that's paid dedicated to just be on the the mute button or the beep button backstage for Jim Cornette. He likes to swear. He does. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he's done commentary before. He knows I how know. not to swear. I, I don't know anymore. It's been a while. <laughs> he's mostly just been on a, comca- he's uh, been a on podcast, podcast ranting. Unfiltered. And, oh, man. <laughs> it's hard enough for us not to swear. That guy is oh. woof. He's, he works blue. Well, best wishes out to uh, to Joey Janela for sure. Best wishes out to uh, NWA. Yeah, for, for hiring Jim Cornette to do com- color commentary because it'll be colorful. It'll be. <laughs> Let's and just that say. color will be blue. Well, that it's a it's a as we said it's a big weekend coming up. Uh, we're going to be covering it all on next Thursday's show, five yes. p.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here on YouTube. If you're not watching us on YouTube, get on there. Search for us, subscribe, hit that little bell so you get notified when we go live every Thursday and sometimes on Sundays and Mondays when we do the recap shows of the pay-per-views, yes. which we will announce in our Facebook discussion group. Yes, over on Facebook, you can search for Busted Wide Open. You will find our page, slam that like button, but also come and join the discussion group, uh, which is where all the liveliness happens behind the scenes. So for all of you that are listening to the show on your podcast app of choice and aren't 
coming in and partying with us behind the scenes. That's where the real fun happens. Come on over to Facebook and join the discussion group. You will have a blast and will not regret it. Also, come follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. We don't do so much over there, but we do appreciate the tweets every now and then uh, and do go out and engage with our followers on Twitter. As much as we can. As much as we can. As much as there are 24 hours in the day. Uh, if you want to support this show, uh, th- show us your thanks. Buy Sir Ian Dangerous and I a cup of coffee. Uh, so you to speak. Can, you can, uh, we like to eat, right? Uh, you can do so over at patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of our $5, $10 or more tiers, whichever you're comfortable doing, or just throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar at the top. Yeah, we just, re- we just recorded, uh, if you get on the $10 tier, we just recorded the special episode for this month. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Yes. We just start going off on people in NXT and how high we think they can rise on the main roster, which is... I think we said some controversial things, Nick. Yes. I think you, we did. Uh, you definitely want to, we're gonna, uh, to listen in on that one. Yeah, uh, I don't know how much in trouble we're going to get because only our patrons are going to hear it, but uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to, to see what they think. Yep. To sign up for that, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. And last but certainly not least, I mentioned earlier the new Becky 316 shirts, but we have a bunch of other shirts with just our logo, all kinds of good stuff available on our merch store, which you can find at orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store. And again, if we see you at a live show or at an event on TV with one of our shirts on, we will get in touch with you and send you a care package of sorts, a goodie bag of that kind of stuff. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Podcasts. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com